From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Switch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The Switch is on Battle Line Podcast, and uh, it is not just me this episode. Chris Peranto is in the house. Hey, what's up, everybody? Sorry I missed you last week, but uh, in-laws take priority. So, um, yeah, when mama's happy, everybody's happy. So there wasn't much of a choice for me, but thanks for putting up. But, uh, yeah, you had an awesome interview with John last week. So, uh, honestly, I think it was probably better I wasn't there. It sounds like it went very well. Yeah, I don't I mean I I think it would have been great either way. I just uh, it was crazy. I like I I think I say it during the interview when we recorded the interview prior, so just to let everybody know, but um the interview coming up. But yeah, I've been doing radio for I've been going on 17 years, been doing podcasting for 10 years. I've never had an interview get the traction that that interview got. And uh I know for John he's like yeah, anything I say gets like clickbaited, but for me, I mean, look, I I do this podcast to be listened to by a wide audience and it's the clickbait headlines that people click on, but then hopefully if they hear the full interview in context, they'll go, wow, there was a lot covered here. There was a lot yeah. of interesting stuff and probably got something out of it because I think John's a really interesting. Well, I, I, I think, I think our, our dedicated listeners, the ones that have been with us through, you know, through the years will listen to the whole thing, but then yeah. there'll be quite a few, the, the TikTok twatter generation will probably not they'll listen to that clickbait and leave it alone and then or they'll have some asshole that'll say something that'll that'll from his brave bravery of his mom's basement say something to john even though john would probably beat the shit out of him <laughs> if he said to his face but you know but that's 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 part of the new media and part of podcasting and regardless whether you listen just to that or you listen to the whole episode well you listen to it so hey Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thank you. Cause it, cause it does, it helps our numbers too, but, but I'm with, I'm with you. I love having the numbers. I love getting, getting people to listen, but you know, I, I generally, I, I don't talk to say stuff to, to make sure we get listeners. I just talk. And I think John is the same way. He's, he's not trying to make himself, Holy shit, a spectacle. He's like, this is just what I have to say. If you like it, great. If you don't, well, fuck you. Well, that's yeah. how Battle Line Podcast is. So, I, and I think that he fits in line with with the type of people that we get on, and I, I I love that about him, and I love that about anybody who's like that. Yeah, I I just knew after that interview that quite honestly, I was sitting on like radio or podcast gold, and I even texted you, and I was like, this is this is going to go somewhere. This is going to have legs, and I I appreciate the sites that picked it up as long as they gave Thank us you. credit, and almost all of them did. There there were a few people who gave us no credit, of course, it happens. Um, I was mean, it, I what, do... was it a gun? Was it a military website or a gun? No, website? no, no. It was it was like the smaller. <laughs> it was like the smaller rock YouTubers or sites, and some of them got the facts wrong. But but I'd say ninety plus percent got it right. 
And yeah, I mean, look, I'm happy to see that people picked it up and that they check it out and all that. Uh, I, I want to make sure I get into this with you because, sorry, were you going to ask? Uh, yeah, just, who was the Latino, the Mexican side? The, yeah, I just, I, I have that up because I it was uh, Metal O Metal on YouTube. Sweet, I, yeah, bueno, yeah, bueno. The, yeah, the headline awesome. is, yes, System of a Down, Tension con Serge Tankian y El Futuro del La Banda. You know, and then it's video. So it's just crazy for me to hear this guy, you know, speaking in Spanish and saying, uh, and I'll battle, battle line podcast. And because to be truthful, I've never experienced that. I've been picked up by a few media outlets here and there, but this is of all the years that I've done podcasting well, and radio, the well, biggest just, interview I've been a part of. So, well, muchas gracias, man. I, that was, that's <laughs> awesome. We really appreciate that. No, it's, no, it's crazy to you. think too, that that interview is now a part of the history of system of a down, because if you go to their Wikipedia page, it says in January of 2023, John Dolmayan appeared on battle line podcast and said that Serge Tonkin no longer wanted to be in the band. So it's like, yeah, it's crazy to think as as a kid listening to that music that somehow an interview I did would play a part in the story of the band. It's kind of wild to me, and it, it blows my mind. So. That's what see. That's that's what you get for hanging out with me, dude. See that ego coming out? I'm fucking with you, dude. I, yeah, and it's, I, and it's I, not you did that, a good I mean, job. To me, I'm just I'm just happy to be a part of a show that yeah that that could do that and and could get people their story out there. But anyway, I, what I wanted to ask you about, <clears throat> yeah, really, honestly, more important than any of the, these interviews, really, I would say. I think all of us would would agree is I mentioned this at the top of the last show and people have known about it now for uh, really since December 21st. I'm sure they'd rather hear your take yeah. on it than mine. And that's on Wednesday, December 21st, 2022, the president signed into law HR 310, which posthumously awards the Congressional Gold Medal collectively to Glenn Doherty, Tyrone Woods, J. Christopher Stevens, and Sean Smith in recognition, yeah. recognition of their contributions to the nation. Thank you to Representative Stephen Lynch, Senator Edward Markey, and many others for their leadership. So yeah, well, that was I the press release. Appreciate that. And, and yeah, Senator Markey, I'm... I'm this was a bipartisan pass, which was awesome. And I love that. And and I'll be quite honest. I am completely happy that no major media, none of them picked it up. None of them, not one of them, not even, not even you Fox lovers out there, not even Fox picked it up. But I think that is awesome because if one of them would have, whether it was CNN, MSNBC. I I, I just want to make sure, I think they ran the story, but they weren't doing a ton of interviews. I I didn't see it, but you might be right. But again, I don't watch it. I I just got on, I got on the old Google. I Googled it. I just got on the loop and I searched, you know, Tyrone Woods, Glenn Doherty, gold medal. And usually those mainstream outlets will pop up first. And I didn't see one of them. So you could be right, dude. And I could be wrong, guys. Regardless though, it did, did not turn into a, partisan issue which it never should have been hey we were part of that as well guys you can blame me at Tano, you were well, yeah we were we did we, we we made it down the line not at the beginning but down the line we allowed ourselves to get pushed into that and that's our fault there's no other fault but ours so uh, what i'd like to say on this though it wasn't and that shouldn't be because it shouldn't be democrat or republican issue it's two heroes and john smith and ambassador stevens heroes in their own right granted though you know i i bub and bub and, and woods were fighting with me and fighting the whole night so i did get to see and witness their heroism is that it was the heroic actions which should have been honored a long time ago but you know we recorded our 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 uh, our uh, episode with John earlier. So we're coming back to this now. He sure, did put sure. it, he did put it in perspective. And I like what he said. He said, you know, some Medal of Honors winners, it may be 
50 down 50 years down the line or we have guys like alwyn c cash who i wrote about in the patriots creed who got who got it you know many years after got the medal of honor many years after now these guys got the gold medal let me clarify which is a civilian equivalent of the medal of honor he put in perspective like really 10 years really isn't that long in comparison to some other people for that got it from Vietnam war. And, and I, I liked when he said that, I know we didn't mention it during the interview, but looking back, like, man, he put it in perspective. So he made it, it really wasn't that long that it took him to get the medal of the gold medal. And, and I'm glad they did. They, it was well-deserved. They should have, uh, they should have got it day one, but um, in my opinion, because their actions were completely heroic and sacrificing themselves. Um uh, I, I did talk to Cheryl Bennett, who is Tyrone's mom, and and I, she was a little disappointed that the the major media didn't mention as much as she thought they should have. And as a mother, I, I, you know, as as I, I can't relate as being a mother, but as a father, I get that. But she was extremely happy, and so was Kate Quigley, which is Glenn Doherty's sister. Um, extremely happy, and you know, really happy that Cheryl Bennett and Kate Quigley were out there pushing this to get this done because they are two main reasons why they got this thing through because they were pushing their congressmen to congress people in massachusetts and then uh tyrone's from oregon uh, their congress uh, tom congressmen and women in oregon to get this through and so you know thank you to kate and and also the doherty family and and kate quigley and also cheryl bennett uh, thank you for for doing this because they're the ones that got this done and it says a lot of their family and their character and the love that they had and they still have for Tyrone and, and Glenn. And I'm glad, you know, I, I'm glad Ambassador Stevens and I'm glad that Sean Smith were able to obtain that as well. Um, what They didn't fight alongside of us, but they were there and they were there putting their lives on the line every day like, like a great ambassador like Ambassador Stevens did and like Sean Wood being part of the diplomatic uh, di uh, Department of State. So... Um, yeah, I'm not going to say anything political about this because it doesn't need to be. Uh, it was solely the reputation and the honor that has been bestowed on Glenn Doherty and Tyrone Woods and Ambassador Chris Stevens and Sean Smith. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, about fucking time. And I'm yeah. glad they got it. And I, I'm and it's extremely well deserved. And for those that don't know the movie or don't know the story of Benghazi or the movie did a damn good job. I thought it did an excellent job uh, portraying that. So if you're not a book reader and you don't want to go read about what happened, which is spot on because we wrote the damn thing, 13 hours, watch the movie and, and you can see those heroic actions. And every time I watch it, it's harder for me to watch now. It reminds me of how heroic Tyrone was uh, and how heroic Glenn was and their intestinal fortitude and how they persevered and sacrificed themselves so that I could come home. So I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm completely, it, it, it was, it's completely well-deserved and I'm glad it finally got through and, and God bless Kate Quigley and the Doherty family and God bless Miss Cheryl Bennett and, you know, Charles Woods as, uh, as well. And, 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 but especially Cheryl, I, I still stay in touch with her at least twice, three times a year. We got to get her on at some awesome. point. We still have. Yeah, we, we need to get, she will. She's, she's amazing. And, and also I'm happy for, for Patty Smith who we've had on the show. She was like yes. one of our early episodes. And yeah, yeah. also I don't know anybody from ambassador Stevens family, but if they happen to listen to this or, you know, if they're out there, I'm very happy that he was able to get the medal as well, because it was well-deserved because of all the work he've done over the years and still willing to risk his life going into Benghazi, Libya with no security, virtually no security, which he deserved and still went anyway, because he believed in the mission. 
of helping the Libyan people. And he really, he, he, he epitomized what patriotism is. That uh, so, so did Sean Smith and Glenn and, and Tyrone. So yeah, that's my take on it, man. But and all the senators out there, both sides, Markey and Lynch, especially, thank you. Um, and for those that don't know, you can re- go back. Uh, there's a website if you want to go. Cheryl Bennett and Cheryl, Ty's mom sent it to me. I don't know which, I think it was from the bill. You can go down. And if you really want to get in the po- politics of it, go down and it shows all the co-sponsors of the bill. Okay. And uh, and you can have, I mean, you got everybody from Richard Blumenthal, which some of you guys yeah. don't like. <laughs> he sponsored the, he co- the senator in Connecticut. Yeah. yeah, he sponsored, he co-sponsored the bill. Um, but you also, you know, people that, uh, uh, who, where's the, where's the and, prominent? And, and I will throw out there, I know, you know, we've, we've spoken about him before in the stolen valor thing. However, he is a veteran. He's a, he is, he's a veteran, he a veteran. exaggerated his service, but he's a veteran. And that's it. But he he spot, co-sponsored it. But you also had on the other side, the Ted Cruz on the other side. So all you guys on the left, that he, he co-sponsored it as well. So it really was to me. It should be a no-brainer. It should really be. A, it, 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 and that's, and that, that's what Cheryl said. And that's what Cheryl Bennett said. And Katie Quigley said on their interviews. Watch some of their interviews. So this should have been a no-brainer. And it was. I'm glad it was done as a bipartisan effort. And you know what? I have no problem that it was Biden that signed it. I'm glad it got signed. I don't care who signed it. I'm glad it got signed and that these guys are honored as they should be. So yeah, there you go. There I, it is. I was, I was looking down at my phone as you were speaking, not because I wasn't, no, 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 go ahead. What you were saying, yeah. but the reason I pulled, I was thinking of this is because when you were talking about the bipartisan stuff, I remembered that Sean Lake wrote a comment that I think people should hear um, on our Instagram. One of our followers wrote, I think this is great. Just very curious why an anti-gun Democrat from Massachusetts would sponsor this bill in the first place. And then what Sean Lake wrote, I think, was perfect. He wrote, Gwen Doherty was born and raised in Massachusetts. We, his family and I, worked with countless members of Congress to get this passed over the last decade. They were there to support the initiative from the very start. Patriotism over politics? Question mark. So I think, yeah, you know, you could be the most adamant anti-gun guy and still think that Gwen Doherty and Ty Woods are heroes. They are right, yeah. Man, Sean, and I should have mentioned Sean too because Sean was huge in getting this done. Thank you, Sean Lake, out there and for doing that because he was. Um, I always said it was always politics for patriots whenever I went on shows, and I, I still believe that in most cases, but in this case. It was done correctly. It was patriots over politics. So, but all the, you know, you're not wrong though, because it's all these years later. And if it didn't get done when Benghazi was in the news cycle, because it would have made certain politicians, certain look politicians bad. look bad. And it's and been 10 years good. and people, I don't want to say don't care. This is not the major thing in the news cycle. We're talking about Ukraine. It's ironic that we're recording on January 6th because we've been talking about that nonstop. And I feel like Benghazi is no longer part of the news cycle. So they were safe to do it at this time. That's the and, only thing political I'll say. And I that's not political. That's just comments. That's just how that's that's how disgusting our freaking media is. Um, I think it, when any anyone is given the Medal of Honor or honestly giving the Congressional Gold Medal correctly for doing something heroic, it should always be top story because that is what America is about. It's about those that are willing to give their lives for others so we can have and live the lives that we enjoy. Um, The freedoms that we have to be even stupid as hell sometimes, but we still are given that freedom with very little repercussion. Um, And it's guys like Tyrone and Glenn that 
enabled us to continue to have those freedoms. So new cycle or not, hey, media out there, kiss my ass. It doesn't make a difference if it was Tyrone or Glenn or somebody else. If, if it was a heroic action and it deserved that Medal of Honor or the Congressional Gold Medal for sacrificing your lives to save others, that should be top stories. And that's what people should see. And as we talked to John, you know, Doc, yeah. you know, we talked about idolizing, idolizing the wrong people. This is the people that we should be idolizing right here. Not somebody else that that doesn't deserve that that that's, that's going to get that new story. You, I, I just because I say the same thing later on in the interview, but but to me, would you really use the term idolize though? I I just wonder, like as a, I'm not a Christian, right? I'm, I, but I, I am a. Yeah, but you're fa- but false idols. Do, you're right. You're right. You're but right. I, agree, I agree. Yeah, I think that Let if me. the only person you should idolize as a Christian, for example, would be Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ or, and God. Whereas, yeah, you know, because no false I would idols. say yep. I've heard I've heard plenty of stories of Glenn Doherty that were like wild nights out right like he wasn't a perfect individual because none of us are none but, of us but are i perfect. think you could i think you could really uh you could not worship whatever you, you could really love those attributes without making him a jesus christ figure because you're, you're right are. and that's what i we i guess we you know in today's society we use the term idolize too easily and you're right no it's what a commandment it's no far side we don't have far false idols you're completely correct so i think the correct word would be emulate those attributes yeah. those positive attributes I agree. Uh, and no, i and so no you're perfectly right because i am even out there you even see me on instagram no false idols no false idols and you're because you're spot on so let me retract that uh, uh idolize we use that term too easily now these are two these are people that we should emulate their action especially for their actions that, that they conducted on themselves on 9 11 2012 and 9 12 2012 um, those actions should be emulated and put up on a pedestal, uh, not, not a sports figure, not somebody that wants to switch their genders. No, I, th- yeah, that's I, that. That's I not. Like, but I, I guess, <clears throat> look, uh, my perspective is there's there's like attributes of different people that you could really love, whether they're in the military or they're a sports yeah. figure. You could you could really love Michael Jordan's passion to win to to become the greatest but uh, yeah i agree with you is he putting his life on the line for the country is he saving people is he having to kill people in defense of the country of course not so yeah but, I just, but you know no, you're, you're we're, right. we're all we're all individuals and i think that yeah i i, I that's if i'm making any point co- coherent point hopefully that's yeah that's what i'm getting at i guess when we say emulate the attributes that they showed that night yeah and that should be put out there but no i, I hey who did i want to be and who did i emulate because of the way he played i loved watching sports growing up i grew up during the magic johnson larry bird julius irving tony dorsett roger starbuck you know i had a picture of dr j on my on my door i love i Dr. J played with class. He played hard. He played tough, but he played with humility. So yeah, I, I, to say that I didn't emulate or want to be like a sports figure growing up, I'd be wrong. I'd be lying to you. I still got my old Dr. J poster where he's going up like this, ready to dunk a ball. But you're right. There are attributes we can pull from it, but we, it doesn't seem like in today's society that we pull those kind of attributes. It's, it's LeBron James making a statement about Jerry Jones being at a uh being at a, a clan not a clan but being at 14 years old standing as they're desegregating a school in alabama and what year was that 1930 i don't give honestly i could give a shit what lebron james says anyway but that's the kind of stuff they put up on the sports figure shit anymore 
It's not the hard work ethic that Michael Jordan had, that he didn't start even till he was a junior at his high school. He played JV ball. Yeah, I, I know those because I grew up, I did. I grew up in those that passion because I was an athlete in college and I, I played football in college. And that type of, of, of positivity you get from the athletes, yeah, I saw that. I took that into special operations. I did. Yeah. Um, but we don't do that. We don't do that enough like we used to, like with the Dr. J's and the Michael Jordans and and the Roger Starbucks and and the Tony Dorsets, you know, and we we don't we we put the, we make these sports figures and we ask them political questions. Yeah, not- I agree. I mean, I could even say with me, you know, not sports figures, right? Like when I listen to Joe Rogan or when I grew up listening to Howard Stern, like there's certain attributes that I was like man, if I'm going to be in this business, I want to take yeah. this or this from them. Are they idols? Are they like, no, no, no. They, they have certain attributes that I'm like, man, they're great at this. Yeah. I want to put this into my repertoire as a person. Um, yeah. So I guess that's my only point with that. But the, what I will say is it's fantastic that the bill has finally been passed. Uh, what's going to happen? Do you know, do you even know like with the ceremony, when, when is all that going to go down? Yeah, I, or, I, are we going to see I, family I, members I, there? I, you know? I don't know. I'm sure they will be invited. Um, are you going to be invited? No, do you think? Uh, if I am, I, I, no, no, I, I doubt it. And honestly, I, Ian, no disrespect for the family, no disrespect for Ty or Glenn. I, I don't want to be around any of that. Um, not because of them. I just, I can't, I don't want to go to DC. I don't want to be around politicians. I I, I don't want to be around that cesspool. Um, even, even if I'm just wondering, hypothetically, even if the, the families say, Hey, Chris, we really want you to be there. If they, yeah. If, if Cheryl Bennett asked, yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. I would. Okay. Yeah. I, of course. I would. Um, um, but I'd be gone right after because my hypocrisy only goes so far. But of course, that whatever if Katie and Katie, I've, I I haven't talked to Katie in many many years, but I used to talk to her quite often back when I was doing a lot of the interview. And she's a wonderful person as well. I I forgive me, Glenn. Glenn also has a brother who's a I forget his name off the top of my head today, but he's a tremendous individual. Yeah, Google. And he's he's a, yeah. he's a he's a great guy. Did we actually did a couple of interviews with him when the movie came out? And I thought he was a a great guy. Um. Is it Greg Doherty? Is Greg, that, I think that's okay. Greg. Yeah, it's and, his older brother. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great guy. So if the families did, but that would be the only way. It wouldn't be if a politician or hey, come to no, fuck you. See, I know eat shit. I'm not going. But um, yeah, if if, if the families, yeah, if, if Cheryl or Patty or you know Pat Smith or or Katie said, yeah, would you mind? Would you come to the ceremony? Of course I would, because that's yeah. that that yeah, that's the that's the right thing to do. Um. I'm not asking you guys to ask me though. No, <laughs> say, no, but um, but them being honored with it to me is is good enough for for me to see. I I, I don't need to be part of a ceremony. Um, I went and visited Ty's grave, you know, last month when I was in San Diego, and to me, that's how. If I'm going to spend time honoring Ty, it's going to visit him and talking to him. <clears throat> Fuck. Yeah. No, well, I, I understand. Yeah. This is like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's why, not something we get into every show. I I understand, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, but that that's how. And I, I still need, you know, it's you know, Glenn's bed buried in in Arlington, and I, I still need to get up there and just visit with him, you know. Um, but it, uh, you know, but that's how I want to remember. Not not with that, not at a not at a ceremony in D.C. Um, yeah. But I would with the families, of course, I would. I would respect their wishes because they're fucking heroes too. 
They've yeah. sacrificed a hell of a lot and they've kept their lives going when their loved ones, and Kate even said this about Glenn, that she thought he was invincible. I remember, you know, they, they really did think the, think they were invincible and I know they loved him to death. So yeah, I'd, I'd do it. I would, I'd, I'd, I'd go if they asked me to. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think it's just interesting to hear your perspective on that. And I think people will want to hear it. And um, yeah, I mean, this was a major story for people that listen to this show that read the book that saw the movie. <laughs> this is a part of their lives the past 10 years, not the same way it is for you, but it's, it's something that they think about and something they honor. Um, the only other thing I wanted to get into before we get into the John interview, I mean, we do always say we'll talk about faith and stuff on this show. And, uh, you know, usually there's nothing like newsworthy in the realm of faith. But when I came across this, I was like, we got to yeah. cover this on the show. It's kind of interesting. So this is from Newsmax. A lot of major outlets covered it, but I thought Newsmax did the best job of it. And actually, believe it or not, their site is, I, I like to print out articles. Their site makes it very easy. Yeah. I don't have like 10 million images and I, you know, but anyway, uh, biblical site where Jesus said to have healed the blind set for Israel viewing. This is from Jay Clemens. The entire pool of uh, Siloam, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. That's how I would think with the Hebrew. Yeah. A biblical site celebrated and cherished by Christians and Jews will soon be open in full to the public for the first time in 2000 years, according to the Israel Antiques Authority, uh, Israeli Na National Parks Authority and the City of David Foundation. Over the last few decades, portions of the pool of Siloam that were previously evacuated, excavated, have been accessible to the general public. However, coming in 2023, the vast majority of the pool located in the southern portion of the City of David and within the area of Jerusalem Walls National Park will simultaneously be available for the public viewing and subject to excavation. So I'm not going to read the whole article, but I thought this was really cool. I've said on the podcast before, I mean, I got a chance to visit Israel in 2004, and seeing some of the stuff in America when you travel across America is amazing. But then when you go to Israel, at least for me, and you're like the thousands of years ago that this took place, and then I'm actually in a cave that took place during the time yeah. of Hanukkah, and I got to do stuff. I'm like, man, this is, it's incredible because it's so many years before 1776. Yeah. It's, you know, it's where the Bible took place. So I don't know exactly why people couldn't have visited this prior but I mean, if I'm ever back in Israel, yeah, of course, I want to see the site where Jesus is said to have healed the blind. Like, that's an amazing history. And uh, if it doesn't, I, I, Jordan had some wonderful old Christian churches and they have Mount Nebo out there. And, and I've, I've, I, that was one thing I did get to do a lot when I was going overseas, because we usually would stop in Amman, Jordan or UAE or something. And I go visit those old Christian sites and if it doesn't make you get emotional when you walk in or at least put yourself in awe and almost had a sense of peace, something wrong with you. Cause those that's, that's where, that's where it started. And that's that to me, you, you, I, I, I you do feel the holiness of it yeah. and how amazing it is. And in today's society, we need more of that holiness and we need more of strong faith, whether it be Judaism or Christianity or, or, not extremism, uh, Islam, but the Muslim faith, uh, because I, I don't think, I think we're losing, especially on the Christian side of the house. Uh, I think we're losing a lot of that. So I'm, I'm, I'm extremely happy. I, uh, once the kids are out of the house and it's just me and the wife, I'd probably take a trip there and, and go visit in, a, um, because uh, you do, I remember walking a lot of those old places in the Middle East, those Christian, old Christian, uh, 
what do you, what's the word I'm looking for, brother? Um, I, I thought we were just going to say churches or church, churches or, or yeah. land landmarks. Thank you. Or sites. And uh, you do, you walk in and it just, it just, you feel holy, holy. you do. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. And I don't know why either. I read through that too. I'm just wondering maybe if it wasn't excavated all the way that maybe it could have been damaged with too many people coming in and out because, you know, we, as America, yeah, as, as people, we like to touch things and, it just was although although 2000 years is a long yeah, time to... <laughs> yes, that is. um but um yeah that i thought that was pretty awesome and that's to me that's like a feel-good article i i was smiling when i read it. it's like yeah that's that's the kind of stuff we need to be reading it's like and, yeah and people yeah so I, i'm i'm real happy and i hope i do get to see it one of these days too but um you should go man i know you you know you're always just behind the scenes i feel like you're the type of guy who only travels for work-related stuff but like, right right now why not but... just take an enjoyable <laughs> trip to israel and see all these great landmarks? we will i said we will i'm getting to a point where it's yeah we're we're getting i remember i'm getting old i'm almost 52 so that we're not getting that old <laughs> but no we're you know i, I am i'm going to be one of those old people the old people that eventually, as soon as the kids get out of the house, or we only have the one kid at the house, that me and the wife start to take trips because, uh, yeah. yeah, it's because of because right now, yeah, traveling is work, so it that's what it feels like. And when that slows down, I don't have to do that as much. Then traveling will begin to feel like vacation again, and and so yeah, we will. And when I I I I can't I can't promise it, but. Yeah, I, I think we will. I also want to go on a safari in South Africa. I, I've been to South Africa, but I never actually got to enjoy like as a tourist in South Africa. And I'd like to do that as well. So that's a, that's on the bucket list. Yeah, going to that site is something when you sent me the article, I, I marked it down like, yeah, I need, to, need a place I got to go. So I yeah, I my, my parents constantly travel. I mean, they, they've been everywhere. They really have. I, the last time I was out of the country was Costa Rica for my 30th. I mean, I'm 36 now, so it's been a while. Yeah. And Israel, as I said, was the time before that and it was 2005. So yeah, I, I definitely need to check some more places off. But yeah, work gets in the way of that. But I do remember when I went in 05, I was like, man, I will visit here again. And it's been quite a while, so I, it's long overdue. Was um, it Bruce, Bruce is Bruce is retired, right? Your dad's oh, retired. Oh my dad! Yeah. No, he's semi because he's he's a uh, title closer uh, and notary public. So yeah, he still does. You know, it's my mom's a real estate agent, really in the Nassau County region, and then my dad does title closing in in that like Flushing Queens area. You know, but, you, um, you know, if I was at home more, like your like if I had my jobs kept me home, I probably would want a vacation more. But that's the yeah. thing is my job doesn't it. I'm always traveling somewhere else. But yeah, that's that's see that's what I, I feel like that's what I'm gonna be like when I'm your dad's age. He's like, yeah, me and that's kind of like your dad. Let's go vacation and go visit things now because now it's time and we can do it because I'm not traveling anymore for work. Yeah, I mean, as I say this, my parents right now are on a cruise. They're, they're, uh, <laughs> awesome. yeah, they, 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 like all throughout, awesome. like Jamaica, Bahamas, all awesome. that. They're gonna be back in a little bit by the time this gets up. Um, but yeah, they they go everywhere. They've been all throughout Europe and all that That's stuff. Awesome. So yeah, awesome. it's cool. They they both love it. Sometimes my mom will do a trip with her sister. Sometimes my dad's done stuff on his own. But most of the times they they go together, and yeah, they love it. So uh, yeah, we'll get to uh, John Dolmine, a guy who has traveled all over with System of a Down. Uh, and we get into some of that. But before we do, we were just talking about the gold medal posthumously being honored. And one of the people who made that happen was Sean Lake, CEO yeah. of Bubs Naturals. And Bubs Naturals was founded with Glenn Bub Doherty yeah. in mind. And 
I know for both of us, it's supplements we constantly use when I'm done with a workout. Um, I can tell you this, I've been tracking my stuff on my fitness pal again, which I haven't done for a while. And it is hard to get that 0.8 grams or one gram of protein for every pound of body weight that you yeah. are. And yeah, I mean, it's good to eat chicken and fish and stuff, but there's only so much of that you could do at least <laughs> for me. So to get all that in, I do rely on collagen protein a lot because just after a workout, if I don't want a huge meal, it's kind of light to just put that in some water with the MCT oil powder and it's great recovery. And yeah, I, I don't have those issues with my joints and bones that people do who aren't taking this because it really helps. It does. It's it's amazing. And during my, with my rehabilitation, with my knee, you know, having destroyed my knee a few months back, it has definitely helped a bunch and it goes great. I mean, coffee, get it, put my coffee in, put a scoop of the, of the protein powder, put a scoop of the MCT oil, the collagen protein and the MCT oil in there, drink it, have another cup of coffee, put a second scoop in. Or if I'm going to work out, I'll hold off on the second scoop with the MCT oil before I go work out. Cause it's a great pre-workout. And then I'll come back home, drink another cup of coffee, put another scoop of the powder in there. It's amazing. It's so easy. It doesn't because the collagen protein doesn't taste like anything. The MCT oil actually is almost like a creamer. Coconut, it has a little of that yeah. cream. At it. it tastes really good and it does benefit. And it has benefited me in my recovery process and my rehab process. I'm way ahead of where I should be from what my physical therapist says with my knee. And I, I, I attribute a lot of it to, I do work my ass off, I, I but I also attribute a lot to the supplements I'm taking and Bubs is the main supplement and it, it works guys. Uh, if you haven't tried it, try it. And if you have tried it, stay on, stay on it. It will continue to rebuild those joints back and you will feel better. Yeah, absolutely. BubsNaturals.com. Promo code BATTLELINE. You're going to get 20% off. I know that you guys see it in stores and all that, but you're going to get the best deal through us. Yeah. When you go to BubsNaturals.com, use the promo code BATTLELINE for 20% off on all supplements on the site. Yeah. Also, every show of ours is sponsored by Fort Scott Munitions. Fort Scott is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammo was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it will be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with every pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states. Just go to fsm.com and you can get it on the website. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you want to get it in person, click on the dealer locator. But you'll get a discount with us when you use the promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the Battleline podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline podcast. So it's as simple as that, guys. FSM.com, promo code Battleline. I don't know if they still have the uh, the Battleline tins. Yeah, I, I think I, I think there's there. I think there's still some, and I signed them, guys. If you want it, if, if I think they're the tins they make are awesome. They have other tins out there too, but just the ammo itself. There's nothing that compares to Fort Scott Munitions ammo. Nothing. I don't care who SIG. I don't care if it's Winchester, Federal. I, sorry, guys, they don't. And and uh, so if you want to get the best home defense ammo, the best hunting ammo out there, get Fort Scott Munitions because there's nothing that compares. And I just got to go out and shoot just to, last week. Got to get out again, start to shoot. And man, I missed it. And 
And I had no issues with the Fort Scott Munitions ammo again, no stoppages, nothing at all. Everything fed correctly and it was still accurate as all hell, like it always is. So best ammo on the market, guys. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's get over to part two with John Dolmayan. So back on the podcast is John Dolmayan, drummer for System of a Down, owner of Torpedo Comics locations in California, in Las Vegas. We'll get into all of it. But yeah, last week it was just uh, us, just myself, Ian and John. And we wanted to do a part two with Chris, but uh, it's fair to say we made we made some headlines, right? Like it got pretty yeah. got pretty far. Yeah, and the and the problem is it's 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 not that anything I said wasn't true. It's that if you put it in context, it means something a little bit different, yeah. you know. And uh, it's very easy at this point. Anybody in my band that doesn't understand that you know um all these outlets they need they need people to tune in or read their uh, articles and the only way they're going to they're going to get them to do that is if there's something that they can sensationalize out of the interview you know um you know how it is you could spend an hour and a half doing an interview and they take 10 seconds of it and and well, make yeah. the yeah. nexus of the interview well that, and that's that, that's the media in general for you anymore don't make a damn difference who it is anymore it's just it's just the media. And I, I, I understand that. And, and really, that's why even, we'll, you know, we'll discuss the gold medal. And I'm glad Tyrone and Bub finally got that gold medal. They deserve that. But that's why I didn't do any media for it, because it would have been it would have been sensationalized one way left or one way right. It would have been completely fucking off the subject of really what happened. As a, that's a heroism. And then because you got to put the shock value out there, because. As you've seen, really nobody did anything about Tyrone. Or, and I, we're getting off subject a little bit, but I'm just trying to say I understand. Nobody on the mainstream media did anything about Tyrone or Bub or said anything about them you know, getting that gold medal, which is the Medal of Honor basically for civilians in the civilian world yeah. because there was nothing sensational about it. It was just – to them, that's not sensational. It's just heroism. But well, that's the, not, the, that's funny not thing cool. is, the funny thing is it is sensational, but the, it's not – it's it's controversial I, controversial it's, it's not it's fucking not, controversial it, it's not controversial but it's also not in line with what the the agenda that a lot of people are pushing yeah, these yeah, days yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's very much uh the anti-masculine the anti-man yeah. and that men aren't necessary and and i think that if you want to if you want to america in my opinion is the best country in the world yeah. i love the i love this country I wasn't born here. I came here as an immigrant. I came here illegally as an immigrant. So mm-hmm. I understand that you will do whatever it takes to come here. I understand that. But I also understand that a country has to protect itself yeah. and protect its borders. Now, we should have open arms to people that want to come here and contribute to this society. Yeah. That's what made this country what it is. But you know, also keep in mind that the social programs we have in place now didn't exist a hundred years ago, yeah. 110 years ago when there was an influx of Europeans coming into this country. So I know a lot of people like to say that it is a racist agenda or a mindset, and that's a propaganda that they try to put out there. But the reality is that if we had a system where everybody could come here and you either live or die by how much work you put into it, yeah, yeah then then that's fine. You want open borders in that respect, right? Like you want people to be able to come here after being vetted, of course, you know, and mm-hmm. you want to make the process easier. It shouldn't take eight to 10 years to yeah. come here legally. 
That's that's part of the problem, right? Where you don't have eight to 10 years if you're starving to death. You don't have eight to 10 years if you want to raise your kids in a better place than you're in. You have to do that on a much faster track. So yeah, there are, there is a middle ground to this, but you know, you also have to look at the moral compass of today, as opposed to what it was a hundred years ago, 75 years ago, you know, um, you have to take a lot of things into consideration when you're defining what the policy of the country is going to be. So um, these are not popular opinions, you know, but the reality is we want this country to thrive, not for the next five, 10 years and not for the, yeah, uh, term of government that so- certain people are in office for, but we have to think what's going to happen in fifty years, seventy-five years, hundred years down the line, and we have to think generationally. That's very hard to do when you have a mindset of people that is like three to ten seconds, right? Which is why, <laughs> which is why clickbait is so is so yeah. popular. Yeah, why it goes full circle. It's true. It's just full circle some, what we started with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When when you get someone that is awarded something um for heroism for for and you'll have to forgive me because i don't even know much about what you're talking about i saw a blurb about it i read a little bit about it and then i got consumed with everything else you know um but the bottom line is that we we as a society here in america we have lost touch with what is important with the values that have gotten us here and although we haven't done everything perfectly, no society on earth has done everything perfectly. No. And we accept our flaws and we accept the atrocities that have taken place. But at the end of the day, we are all citizens of the United States and we have a responsibility to that country's ideals, you know, as a group, fundamentally. No, we, we've lost a sense of morality and virtue that we used to have. And and, you know, no worries on the blur or not knowing, but I, the only reason Ian shot it to me because he saw it, but then I stay in touch with Ty's mom and she wrote me a letter and I got the letter right here, which we'll read after our interview. We're, we're going to do something about. Yeah. And, and uh, John, I feel like it might be that you, that you don't know the names attached, but I know that you know about, you know, Benghazi and Chris's story. Of Benghazi course. And, yeah. and just the fact that ten, he's basically referring to how 10 years after the fact, those guys are finally getting their due in terms of getting that gold medal. And it was, and because you know, of have, partisanship was why they didn't get it. It was because it was, it well, wasn't a clickbait. It wasn't clickbait material. It wasn't something that we could. We have a lot of, you know. we have a lot of uh, Medal of Honor recipients that are recipients 40, 50 years later. Yeah. It, sometimes right. it takes, sometimes it takes a long time for the right thing to be done, you know, and that, and that is really a great lesson for people is that not everything is instant. You know, sometimes you put in a lifetime of work to get somewhere and to achieve success at something or even to be recognized for the work and effort you put in. And sometimes you never do. Think about how many stories there are of brave people that have died for this country or or killed for this country. I mean, to take someone's life is also a very extreme thing to do in defense of your family, your country or yourself. It's a it's a very big thing to ask of someone because they have to live with that fact for the rest of their lives. And that doesn't, that doesn't go yeah. away. So, yeah. you know, we're not just asking people to die for us. We're asking people to kill for us so that we can maintain our way of life. And I don't think that gets anywhere near the amount of credit or respect that it deserves. That's why I've always been a proponent my entire life of the military, of the sacrifices they make. 
every day for us and um, and our first responders, especially the police, who get absolutely no credit and who probably have the hardest job. I think, uh, with all due respect, I think their job is even harder than someone that's in the military yeah. because the reality of our people in the military being in the shit is much less because of the fear that is uh, that is associated with messing with the United States military. You know, um, even an informal small presence is is very dangerous for people to tangle with our military. But for the police who are out there every single day, a routine traffic stop could be the last day of their lives. You know, so I have an immense amount of respect for them. and, And the dehumanization of our military and our police, you know, for political agenda and yeah. for, for a semblance of power, because all this is about power and ultimately money, to me is disgusting. And the fact that we now have a moral code that protects everyone but those people, I can't, I can't live in that society. Well, I can't, it, I can't be a part of that society. Well, and it makes it makes society weaker as we're getting getting into, as we're seeing the society is getting weaker as morality and virtue decline. And and we see that more emphasis is placed on protecting criminals than it's protecting the law enforcement officers. And and I agree. I, I agree. I I, I we're going to continue to see see the United States get more dangerous and dangerous as you've seen because you've lived overseas before, as I've seen because I've yes. spent spent many many years, uh, you know, tens ten ten eleven twelve. How many years was it in in countries that that. The police there isn't really a police present and 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 crime is just a normalcy whether it's in san salvador or whether it's in Kabul or whether it's in kandahar or baghdad or whether it's in even costa rica uh so um i love people, going to mexico but i wouldn't go right now it's it's, it's pretty dangerous and i think people realize how much work we actually did down there as well when we were working with the agency and and i i, I agree on your immigrant uh your your immigrant um views as well. My grandfather was from Puebla, Mexico. He came over as a, as a legal as well. And he was a picker and he worked his way up from being a picker to owning his own farm. I, but that time, and you're right, that time frame when the, when immigrants were coming over, illegals or legals were coming over and it, they were working, they were busting their ass. And, you know, in some, in some ways, I feel like the, the immigration, the people that are immigrating here actually are more entitled to the American dream than 80 to 90% of the people that live in this country because they're willing to sacrifice everything for it. Keep in mind that these people are leaving their families, their history, their ancestry. They can't visit the graves of their grandfathers anymore. They come here, they leave everything behind, and sometimes they run a dangerous path getting here. These people want the American dream, the same one that many people take for granted here in this country. You know, um, so that there is, I have an admiration for them and understanding and I empathize with them, but there has to be some rules in place. No, you have to. So, no, that, we get, definitely. so that we get the right people here. Well, yeah. And, that, and there is the right people. And that's not a, I hate when people, oh, that's, you're being racist, you're being discriminatory. No, that is the right people. Forgetting people that aren't going to go the way of the, of the delinquent and going the way of the American dream, which is what my grandfather did. And that's, that's okay. how it should Let's be. say. Let's say there's 10 people coming here from you pick a country in, uh, in um, Central or South America. You pick a country. Let's say 10 of them are coming here. If seven of them have no criminal record, no uh, other 
things in their history that we would that would prevent them from becoming Americans in the in the right sense of the word. Sorry, I keep getting calls. Oh no, it's all good. I was like, you're you're like the disappearing man. The way that this thing is set up, <laughs> yeah. like you're just like in and out of frame. But yeah, no, we're good. Keep going. So anyway, what what I was saying is, if three of them have bad criminal records, why should we take all ten? Yeah. Who, when, when did we become the dumping ground for everybody's criminals? You know, like yeah, didn't we true. get? Didn't we learn our lesson in the '80s when Castro did it to us? Didn't yeah. we learn our lesson from that, or the late '70s, whenever it was? And, you know how many people died because of the cocaine trade in in yeah. Florida? You know, like we, we, at some point we gotta we gotta <clears throat> learn from the mistakes of the past. Well, you know, that, well, it just doesn't seem to happen, bro. We, we well, it's because it's politics again, brother. It's just it's always it's some political driven agenda, and, and I, I don't think yeah. And I I I I am I'm I'm if I'm gonna be aligned, people align me. They probably align me with the right. I'm I'm an independent, but I'd probably align more there. But I'll be honest, if we didn't have that. I don't think the left would win many elections. And that's just my, that's my assessment, my opinion. And so we can't have it where we're actually distinguishing between, hey, who do we want in this country because of their past, which is excellent. And these truants, we don't. If we don't let the truants in, I'll, I, I'll be, I don't think the left would win many elections anymore. So you got to let them all. I don't, know, so how, it's always I don't know how, I don't know how someone like AOC <laughs> can win a second term. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, don't I could. Know. The only thing I could say is that the the people that live in in her district are so indoctrinated. I mean, if you can't see that this was something, she is someone. How many time? How many people run for office per year? How many bartenders get a Netflix special done on them? Yeah. It's not going to stop today. <laughs> You're busy, man. It's all right. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> It's no, it's all, like, it's all good. It's all good. So man. what I was, what I was saying is, how many people do you know that run for office? Every office has fifty or seventy-five people that run for it at any given time, and you're talking about Congress here, so you even have more nudniks coming out of the woodwork yeah. to put their hat in the. How many of them get a, a Netflix documentary where they're followed around? She's a bartender. <laughs> she has no history in in politics. You know, she has a degree that's inapplicable. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> you're good, man, because we're hearing you the whole time. And we're yeah, it doesn't. So, yeah. We don't even see it, but you're good. We don't yeah, even just, know what's going I'm just on. wondering if there's a way I could shut off my incoming calls. But um, my, I guess my point is that if this isn't something that's completely set up, um, and and then you have to ask yourself why. And then, as as a, a, a free thinker, you know, I'm in System of a Down, a very politically charged band where you know um it's um, some things we agree wholeheartedly and other things we don't and this is for the clickbait people this is when you want to start quoting me <laughs> um, you know we had we had a, a much more unified mindset on things 25 years ago when the band began than we do now and the reason for that is aside from the fact that i and other members of my band have gotten older and we've had experiences and, you know, I run a business, so I know how difficult it is to run a small business. And I see what like the bureaucracy and how, how badly that affects you and, and all the limitations on things. And then, you know, you get sued from people. I mean, it's, it's and I was talking to my wife last night and I was like, why do we even bother? Why do we even bother? You know, like I employ 40 people. Why do I bother? 
you know, like, because it's such a headache and you got to deal with, you know, um, I mean, everybody's a soap opera, you know, I have 40 soap operas that I deal with on a daily basis, you know, and, um, and it's incredibly hard. And instead of rewarding people like me, we are looked at as the enemy in a lot of these cities, you know, and, um, and because of that, and because of my wealth of experience and the wisdom that I've gained, and also understanding that just because you're a member of a political party, let's say that 25 years ago, I leaned more with Democrats and their thinking. That doesn't mean that the Democrat, the Democratic Party of 20 years ago is the Democratic Party of today. Yeah. So if I'm in a famous rock band and I have a mentality of I'm a Democrat and I don't uh, I don't look at new information that's coming in and look at who the the uh, the elected officials are in that particular party and gauge whether or not I'm still in line with those people, then I've painted myself into a corner. There's no getting out of it. And even if this ship is sinking, I am going to close my eyes and say, no, the ship is not sinking. I am a part of this and I believe in this. And as I draw my last breath, as I'm drowning, I will maybe at that point come to terms with it, but then I'll just leave yeah. before I drown. And then I'll let everybody else die with that shit. There's a lot of hypocrisy in, 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 in the arts. There's a lot of liberal thinking, and I understand it. You know, it's easy to be a liberal. It's easy to be idealistic, especially when you're an artist. But the bottom line is you cannot maintain and form opinions based on the society from 20 years ago, the political establishment of 20 years ago, or you as an individual of 20 years ago. because at 20 years ago, I was 30 years old. 20 years before that, I was 10. Should I still have the mindset that I had when I was 10? <laughs> because I'm 30 now and I had that mindset. No, it's moronic. And I thought that, if you, you know, did I that. thought that Optimus Prime, Optimus Prime should lead us. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, you, you, well, you know what I was going to say? Now, I, and I now gonna... I feel like Optimus Prime should lead us because at least <laughs> Optimus Prime had a moral compass. Uh, no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, though, um, you know, this would be a good transition into something that we kind of ended the last interview on. You know, I was watching that Protect the Land video, which were the two songs that you guys did two years ago. And I mean, it seems like you guys are on the same page in terms of like the issues with Armenia and Azerbaijan, which you post about pretty regularly. And it was cool to see in that video, like, the Armenian military members that you got out there for that protect the land video. Um, so what I wanted to ask you about in terms of that is that I remember we ended last interview with this and I was about to say that, like, what does it feel like to have guys? And I know like Chris or you like probably yourself, right? Chris, who have listened to system of a oh, down yeah. as they're kicking down doors overseas, like that you have been the soundtrack to a lot of the military experience for probably thousands of guys. Yeah. Look, whatever keeps our guys alive and have hope and keeps them wanting to be alive the next, I'm okay with it. They are not the ones calling the shots. I can't stand it when people blame soldiers for doing what they're ordered to do. I can't stand it. It makes me sick. You have a problem with it? Go talk to Congress, the Senate, and your president. They're the ones calling the shots because the generals take orders and the soldiers take orders from them. You know, so if it's keeping them alive, I don't, uh, you know, whatever keeps them alive and ha and give them hope, I'm okay with it. Now, are there injustices taking place? Absolutely. There's injustice taking place right now. There's been a blockade for almost a month 
during Christmas, New Year's, some of the holiest time of the year for my people, which is today, basically. And uh, Azerbaijan has cut off um, power, gas. It's, it's uh, you know, near freezing temperatures in uh, Artsakh right now. And you don't hear anybody talking about it. There's no, um, there's no military aid going there. There's no aid of any kind going there. And it's all over gold mines, by the way, wow. and money. I didn't know that. And, and there are kids dying in hospitals who can't get treatment. There's no food, potable water going to these people. And they're basically starving them to death. And there's nobody talking about it. Let me create some clickbait right now. And maybe somebody will put <laughs> this on uh, Revolver or whatever, wherever else. Um, Azerbaijan, fuck system of a down and all my band members, is attacking Artsakh and the people in Armenia. Put, put that line up there somewhere. Okay. <laughs> You got it though. It needs to be said because, yeah, even, I mean, even the atrocities that happened decades and decades ago, like the Armenian genocide, the fact that our government doesn't recognize the Armenian genocide the way that they recognize the Holocaust is insane. They do do now. They do Do now, by the way. Who was that under Trump? Just recently. Just recently. Was that under Trump or under Biden? It was under Biden. It was under Biden. Who do you think put the pressure on them to do that? Because, I mean, I, it was insane for years and years where these presidents would be asked, when are you going to recognize the Armenian genocide? And they well, would the give Bill these Clinton, responses that the, were like, oh, something bad happened. But we don't know if it was a genocide. Well, you know, I, you can get, we can get into a whole show about who's suppressing this and why. The number one culprit is, of course, Turkey, who doesn't want to be culpable just wants us to go away and disappear. And they would really like to take Armenia back, which is why they're doing it through their puppets, uh, Azerbaijan. They're doing what they can because, you know, there is this conflict that's existed in Nagorno-Karabakh. And I, and I will say that I think a lot of the problem is that these, a lot of these places are very hard to pronounce. So, you know, like a lot of people don't even want to think about it because it's like, okay, I can't even pronounce it. I don't want to think about it, you know? Um, but the reality is that, yeah, we, there's there's been conflict there for quite some time. Yeah, we are the minority and uh, we are we are the first Christian nation, whether you respect religion or not. We have been uh, we've been adhering to our religious beliefs for years, um, for, you know, over a thousand years, but it's 1700 years, something like that. And uh, because of that, we've been surrounded by people that think differently. You know, there's uh, there's been a, a ethnic cleansing that was attempted. There were several attempts at genocide. The first one was in the late 1800s, where about 300,000 Armenians were killed. And then, of course, in 1915, 1.5 million Armenians were were annihilated in a similar way that um, Jews and other ethnic peoples were annihilated during the, the Holocaust, during the 30s and 40s. And uh, it wasn't just us. It was also Aziris. Not Aziris, sorry. Um, I, can, I can never remember. Uh, the Azidis. Azidis. Is it Azidis? Is that your the? Yeah, are you there? You got it, John. The Yazidis. Yazidis. It's yeah. Yazidis. Yeah. So, Yazidis. Yeah. It was the Yazidis. There was like a million Greeks killed during that time, um, because the <laughs> Ottoman Empire was losing their empire essentially. So they were trying to eradicate other ethnicities, ethnicities and religions from the areas that they did control, so that they would have a greater um, control over those areas. And it's interesting because. Did we just lose your your audio? John, I think we just lost your audio. 
Chris, I can you can still hear me, right? Yeah, I got I got you. We right. just just yeah, John, lost we lost your your audio just now. I don't know if you hit a mute button. You you, you may have to re-enter, John. I don't know. We lost we lost your audio. We can see you, but we can't hear you. Yeah, we 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 can't hear you, John. Do you have his John? You you may have to re-enter. You might you might have to exit and re-enter, maybe. There he is. Okay. No, even though you muted it. Yeah, he's going to re-enter, I guess. Um, Maybe we'll keep this in here, but it's interesting hearing. I I was going to tell John about the fact that um, when we put up the Instagram post, hopefully I'll be able to tell John, uh, the Armenian fans with System of Down, they they go, there's John. John, can you hear us? Says he's entered. Did you hear us? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Keep, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Maybe it was it says a 40th your, it phone says call. your network bandwidth is low, but keep going. All right. So anyway, like I was saying, um, they've been trying to wipe us out for a long time. Um, and unfortunately, we have never been in a position where we were strong enough. You know, we were a part of, um, hey, John, you're 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 really cutting years or so. So. Yeah, you're you're really Guys, cutting I... in and out here. You're yeah, it's it has to do with your your network bandwidth. It says you're probably driving through a uh, a bad area. A bad area. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let me know if it gets. Let me know if it gets better. I think right now we're all right. All right. Well, we'll give it a shot, and then we might have to take a break for a second until I get to a better area. But you know, there's the problem with driving and uh, doing a Zoom interview and, ta- and taking a shit while you're driving, as we <laughs> talked about before he got on. So inside yep, joke. <laughs> so anyway, back, back to the thing that we were talking about. Um, we were part of communist Russia for so many years that, you know, obviously it wasn't in the United States' best interest to infuriate one of their greatest allies in the, in the area somewhere where we had, you know, nuclear missiles in Turkey. You know, like what was the benefit to the United States? So I, under, I can understand from that, the, from the political aspect of it, but Again, we don't live by a moral code in a lot of a lot of yeah. times in our politics, you know. So when awful things happen, don't be surprised, you know. Like, um, don't be surprised when your country makes decisions that you think are abhorrent that you wouldn't make in a day on your daily on a daily basis, you know. I mean, uh, look at some of our leaders. I look at Liz Cheney's face, and I see. I, I don't even know if there's a human being in there yeah, at this yeah. point. You know, like there's that's a dark, dark family that is that looks to me void of any humanity whatsoever. And those are people those are the exact people that we shouldn't elect to office, but continue to do so. Well, and that's the majority of them. When you get that powerful, you get that strong or you believe you're that powerful. God becomes secondary because you believe that you are, your powers come from yourself there. And, and I, and I, I think I do, I think there's a lot of politicians. I've been around a lot of politicians uh, and been questioned by a lot of politicians sat across the table from a lot of politicians that really believe that they were above and beyond all reproach. And, and that's sad because that's the majority of them that are in DC, at least the ones that I was around back, back in the back well, five, six of, years one ago. Of the, one of the biggest problems guys, is that we have many incentives for these people to be to be bad people? You know, like uh, number one, how do they even get into the 
the mindset of becoming a politician. I would never want to be a politician because the media will tear you apart, find every little uh, you yeah. know, flaw in your life. Oh, you said this when you were 25 years old, you said this. So you're a bad person. You know, um, so people, people that are good people, they just won't go through the process of it. And um, a lot of these people that are in politics, they come out of college, pick a side, and then, you know, they spend their lives on that side. On the side. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with to slowly to slowly climb up the ladder. And they're completely engulfed by the mindset and the process. And they're part of they're part of the system. Right. Like so the people that we're electing, we don't really have free will and choice. We're electing people based on the options that we have. That's why it's so interesting when somebody like Trump manages to pierce that. Right. Like uh, and why they fight so hard to get rid of somebody like Trump, whether you like Trump or not, at the very least, he's coming from someplace completely different. Completely different. He was not a lifelong politician. He had businesses. Whether you like how he did business or not is irrelevant. He knows what it takes to get shit done. And he knows how dirty politicians are because, quite frankly, he's been paying them off all his life. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Hey, hey, John. I wanted to. So I wanted to make sure that we don't. Um, yeah, I wanted to get back to the um, to the Armenia stuff because one thing I was going to say that was interesting is when we first posted the uh, episode with you. I have to say, like Armenian fans ride hard for System of a Down. Like when I just looked at the names of the people who were uh, liking the post immediately, it was all like. Kardashian and Peranian and, and as someone who grew up like my best friend growing up was Mexican and Armenian which actually is a combination of you guys I know I know that they all end with the IAN so I know that those guys ride hard for you but what I was going to say is that when I was working in the city in New York it was wild man you probably saw saw this or heard about this like there were massive billboards on skyscrapers put up by either Turkey or like super PACs working with Turkey that type of thing that said um, it was like the truth about the Armenian genocide, learn what really happened. And it was some website for like Turkish propaganda. And it was just wild to see that these skyscrapers and these massive buildings would even put something like that up. Like it would be unheard of to have like the other side of the Holocaust with a swastika on a, you know, billboard in Times Square. And it's just like the tides are turning on that. It's unheard of now. But if you think that history can't repeat itself. I already, I'm already getting rumblings of um, of anti-Semitism rearing its head again. It's true, right? yeah, absolutely. And, and people are start, people are starting to look for a scapegoat for their problems. And don't be surprised, and don't think that because it happened, it happened more than once. By the way, the Armenian genocide wasn't the first genocide. It, there are many people that were completely wiped out that you never heard about again in history. Sure. You know, um, I can't remember if it was Genghis Khan, probably Genghis Khan was famous for obliterating cultures. And this has happened all throughout history. It's just that now in the modern times, we have a better understanding of it. And people actually give a shit back in the 1500s, 1400s. They were too busy trying to uh, stave off plagues to worry about what was going on a world away. You know, like they were concerned with, are we going to have food to eat next summer? Yeah. You know, like that kind or next winter. So, you know, don't be surprised. You, now, you mentioned like Nazi symbols, you know, is, is the Antifa symbol any different? 
you know, does it represent anything different than a Nazi symbol? To me, it doesn't. No. Does the Black Lives Matter symbol, and here it's more clickbait, is that any different than a Nazi symbol? The purpose is the same. Same, yeah. It's to divide. It's to um, subjugate. It's to isolate one group of people and to eradicate them from the earth. Now, whether you do that by putting a bullet in their head or by dehumanizing them to the point where they're marginalized and then they just diminish, or you just breed them out. Either way, it's the same goal. It's just a different pathway to get there. So again, clickbait, I'm comparing Antifa, who I consider to be no different and or no better than any fascist organization, no matter what they claim to be. This was an organized group Soros-funded group, from what I can read, who, um, you know, I remember seeing a lot of footage of U-Hauls leaving uh, pallets of things on the street. Why were they even allowed to do this? Why were the police not um, citing these people for leaving massive pallets of stones and other debris that could be used to cause problems? Why was this happening? Why was it allowed? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to let, I'm gonna let Chris politics. get back to, uh, politics. to some things he wanted to ask. But I wanted to ask you one other thing. And then, you know, I, I asked a lot of what I wanted to last uh, episode, of course. But uh, sure. like I said, watching that Protect the Land video, I have to ask, what was that like embedding with the Armenian military? And, and it would be cool to see you do something in the future, maybe with your own projects, like with the American military. But I'd love to hear what that experience was like. My biggest regret in life is that when I was 18 years old, I went to join the Marines here in the yeah. United States. And um, actually, the recruiter told me because I wasn't a citizen of the United States, I couldn't join. Of course, he was wrong. Yeah. You know, that's actually, I think that's one of the pathways to citizenship is to join the military. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was wrong. And then when I went home, my grandfather happened to be in town visiting from Canada. And he said, why aren't you going and fighting in Artsakh? Because the Nagorno-Karabakh war that happened right when Armenia gained its independence. Because Look, just to give a little bit of the history, what Stalin did is he didn't want people getting along. So he, he would say, okay, well, there's Aziris here. Let's, let's make the territory of Azerbaijan also include an area of Armenia. So the ethnic Armenians there in Aziri, so they would always be at odds. And we could have people that would tell each, on each other and turn each other in and all this, right? Because he was extremely paranoid. Um, and then he would do the same in Georgia. So there's areas of Georgia that are all Armenian that should be a part of Armenia and vice versa, right? There's, our, there's Georgians in Armenia. And there's Azeris actually that live in Armenia proper. And he made, the, he made it to destabilize all these populations. And I would imagine he did the same in Eastern Europe. And he used that as a cudgel to keep people divided. We technically really shouldn't have any issues with Azerbaijan. Although they are a different ethnicity, a different religion, they're our neighbors at the end of the day. We should find a way to get along with them. But we can't do that if they're constantly trying to wipe us out. So when I see the Armenian military... And the, and, the, and, the, and the Armenian, ethnic Armenian military in Artsakh that has its own defense force, fighting with antiquated weapons, dying, 
they should have been defeated in three or four days. Azerbaijan had drones. They had some traitors in our in the Armenian government that gave up our command posts. They gave up our whatever technology we did have that would prevent drones and other, um, you know, uh, flight-based attacks from entering into airspace. They they took out all, all our command structures right away. And we still lasted like 40 to 60 days, whatever the entire war was. We should have been wiped out in four days, but that's the resilience of Armenian people. We are great fighters. And the greatest fear of Turkey is not Russia, it's not the United States, it's Armenia gaining real power. They don't want that to happen because they have a massive fear of what we're capable of. We have great fighters, great intellects in that country. Uh, If you look at World War II, this is a landlocked country, by the way. Two of the greatest admirals in the Russian Navy, Armenian, grew up in a landlocked. One of them was from my wife's home city, and I think uh, I think two others actually were from uh, what is now Azerbaijan, you know, Artsakh. This is the landlocked people. What do we know about the naval battles? Wow, yeah. Good fighters, good commanders, and formidable. And if we get the technology, Azerbaijan is fucked, you know, because we took out like ten to one of their of their um, forces with antiquated weapons, with antiquated. Um, tactical ability you know and during the first Artsakh war my grandfather said why don't you go fight for your people you know and I felt like the Americans were my people that's cool because I was living here yeah and I would and I would say that I suppose the only country that I would not go to war with is Armenia but I also wouldn't go to war with the United States in Armenia's behalf I feel like I'm an American and an Armenian at the same time. I love this country. I would sacrifice myself for this country if it was the country that I believe it could be. Right now, I'm not so sure, you know. And um, but yeah, so I, I've always had an affinity for the military, and I respect them for what they do, you know. And I and I think I would have made a pretty good Marine, to be honest. <laughs> do you? Yeah, bro. I, I worked in Kurdistan uh, for quite a few years and, and uh, you know, Kurdistan, we wouldn't give Kurd, the Kurds heavy weapon systems uh, because they were worried that the Kurds were going to go up in, into Turkey as well. Turkey hates the Kurds. Turkey doesn't yes. like, do you think, and you know, with the Armenian, it sounds very similar. I mean, the United States should support, should support the, the, uh, the Armenian army. But it sounds like they're not doing it because the same reason they didn't give heavy weapon systems to the Kurds is because they're worried that the Kurds are going to go in and and the Kurds in the Peshmerga especially they're all, they, they have the same it sounds like they have the same fighting uh, fighting Werenthal, the same drive that the Armenians do that well they want to survive that the, that right? the tur- Turkey they would just an Turkey would just get mashed if if Armenia if is that why you think the U.S. doesn't help Armenia as much as they could I mean we're we're giving billions and billions of shit to the Ukrainians. Yeah. Why can't well, we give well, it to know, there's a lot of there's a lot of money going here and there from yeah. that you know those billions of course of course but yeah the, of course the reason, yeah the, there's two reasons why in my opinion of course I'm not a, again I'm not in the inside of any of this this is my sure. this is just what I perceive to be the truth there's two things that I I think that I said from giving a 
giving Armenia the, the what it needs to defend itself. Forget about attacking. Yeah. One is that we're allied with Turkey and Great Britain has a lot of monetary interests in right. Azerbaijan. Gold mines, oil, right. yeah. a lot of, and, and, and fundamentally, we, t- we still take our orders from Great Britain here right. in the United States. Um, although that makes no sense, that's the reality of it because they control the money. Second is that the United States doesn't want to send a bunch of weapon systems to Armenia and then have Russia come take those weapon systems. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right? Because what's yeah. the number one problem yeah. with Russia and China? Why are they, why are, are they not sophisticated? They don't have, I can't even answer that question because there's a lot of smart people in Russia and China. And if you think about per capita of geniuses, if you have a billion and a half to 2 billion people in China, you should have plenty of geniuses that can come together and put together all the systems necessary. The same way we have, um, like a Steve Jobs that can come. I don't count Bill Gates as a genius. He's a thief who takes other people's properties and utilizes yeah, them. He utilizes, needs. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but but a Steve Jobs is a genius because although he wasn't sitting there programming the things, he was the one thinking the things up and then having people co- put it together. You know, it's one level of genius to be able to create something of your mind out of your imagination. And it's another to be able to actually make it work in theory, right? Like Da Vinci created the helicopter, but it took hundreds of years for the technology to get to a point where we were to actually make one, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Star Trek came up with the flip phone, right? <laughs> Captain Kirk. And- years before we actually had them in, in actuality, you know? So, you know, it takes, the, it takes the dreamer to come up with that stuff. But so that's, that's my theory on that. Um, we still are very connected to Russia and Iran, you know, like, uh, we can't abandon those relationships in Armenia because then what, then what, who's going to stop Turkey from invading 8 million people. We have 3 million. If we're lucky, who's going to stop them? We have no weapons. Turkey has America's best weapons and Israel's best weapons, which is interesting because they're completely at odds with the, with Israel. And sure. yet they do business. I mean, there's so much underhanded, dirty shit happening. Yeah, yeah. You, the more you find out about it, the more you just want to go buy a cabin in Montana and forget about society. <laughs> or or, or, yeah. or move or move to a little farmhouse in Kansas where there's like a thousand people. I've visited Chris. Chris is in Chris is in that type of area. John, John I, I've yeah. seen you know, and it is it's hard. Once you see behind, once Dorothy, you know, being Dorothy, and you see behind that curtain, and you see. What the actual Oz is, what Wizard of Oz is, it's hard to, you can't put that back. And I understand all that. I really do. And it's horseshit. Well, um, you know, I'll tell you, though, that that um, technology is leveling the playing field, you know, and uh, and I would say that the one thing that Armenia does have, because we have the brain power, a lot of smart people that are Armenian. And if you look at like, if you just look up on YouTube, things that Armenians created, you'll be shocked. And how much stuff that you use on a daily basis is because an Armenian created it. Ah. And then, and then similarly, look up what Turk, uh, Turks have created and you'll be shocked at how little, you know, yeah. and eventually technologically, we are going to fuck them up in a way that they've never seen. It's just a matter of, can we survive to that point? And is what's happening right now to prevent that from happening is another thing. But ultimately Armenians, they're not like um, a lot of people think they are they don't want to decimate and kill they just want to be left alone left they alone. want to be left yeah. alone so that they can flourish 
so that they can raise families, they can be happy. We'd actually be the best neighbors ever if you just stop trying to wipe us out constantly. And on top of that, we're an extremely forgiving people. Extremely forgiving. We have to be. Because we're in the middle of shit. Yeah. You know, constantly attacked. You know, but we don't care. We just want to live our lives. And that's how that's and we in good, good, good. By the way, we enrich we we enrich every place we go. Every single place we go, Armenians bring something to the table. We work hard, we add to the society we're in. We revitalize neighborhoods. We're exactly what you want as a neighbor. We're exactly what you want as a citizen. And tell me, what's what's the religious uh, religious ethnicity? What's the word I'm looking for for Armenia? Orthodox, Armenia, or, Orthodox Christian as a nation. It is. In fact, the in fact the first nation to be Christian as a nation. And and it did, and did, I don't know if are people out there. I knew what it was, but I wanted our listeners out there. Are you seeing the parallels of what he's saying? And what religion that that is that Armenia is, and I think that has a lot to do. With it. Good Christians are like that. Leave us alone. Leave us alone. Don't I don't want leave don't, us just, alone. Just, let us let us be. And, quit pushing us. By the pushing. way, unlike yep. uh, unlike other Christian sects, we don't kill people for not believing in what we believe. Yeah, exactly. So we're a live and let live type of society, and that's what and a good Christian actually, should be. That's what a Christian should that's, be. That's what a good person should be. At the end of the day. The only thing that separates Judaism, Christianity, and the Muslim faiths are which prophet do you believe in? That's the only difference. That's the fundamental difference between those religions. You know, the Jews don't think the prophet has come yet. The the Christians believe that that prophet was Jesus. Jesus, And the Muslims believe it was Muhammad. uh, or Or what's the other one? No, it, it, Muhammad. No, Muhammad. Yeah, the, it, it was yeah. Muhammad. Yeah, that, that's that's. So, and, yeah. and that's a fundamental difference, right? It, it, it is, and it's it's funny, but it's it's to me. I say it's funny because I I fought alongside Muslims, and believe me, we were believing in the same shit when stuff was going down. Hey, <laughs> we we had know, each other. We lived. Let me tell you, man. Together. After after the genocide of the Armenians, it was Muslim and Arab countries that that took in the Armenians, and gave us a place to live, gave us food, gave us the ability to survive as a nation, you know, um, not not as a nation, but as a people, you know, Lebanon, Syria, Syria. Iran, Iraq, um, all throughout the Middle East, you know, um, obviously France, France was massive in saving tons of Armenians, especially during like 40 days of Musadag, which is a, which is something that should be made into a movie. It's about these Armenians, remnants of villages that came together and, and defended themselves for 40 days against a well-organized Turkish army, um, killed a lot of Turks with very uh, little supply and munitions. And again, it just goes to show you, you don't want to fuck with Armenians if they have power. <laughs> when we don't have power, we still put up such a fight that you have to question whether or not you want to attack Armenia. You know, and uh, right now we have, in my opinion, very weak leadership. You know, and that's being taken advantage of in Armenia. And that's what happens when you don't have strength. People will come and pick on you. If, you, if, you, if you're weak as a man, we, people will attack your family. If you're weak as a nation, if your leadership is weak, people will attack your nation. And that's the way it goes. You know, nobody fucks with somebody if they think they're going to punch them in the face. Yeah. If they fuck with them, you yeah. know, and that's what bullies do is they pick on the weak and the disenfranchised and the afraid. 
But if you stand up for yourself, you could be weaker and still persevere. Because that person that's really strong doesn't want to be perceived as weak. So if you punch them in the face and give them a bloody lip, they're going to think twice about attacking you again. It's, That's it's, just the way it goes. It, it be 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 you know humility, but be strong. And and, and you know, I've worked with a lot of people that were like that. There there were some that were be arrogant, ar- arrogant as yeah. fuck. That just had the, the I call it the Odoyle rules, the Odoyles out there. I worked with a lot of those guys too. But I worked yeah. a lot of the, the guys that I was most that I was most I don't say intimidated, but I wanted them on my side when I was going through that door. Was the ones that were humble, but then brought it when they needed. They flipped that light switch on when it was time to go, and those guys. Could be go from strong, zero to 150. Yep. Be, be strong, but kind in be, life. Be nice till it's time to not be nice. The ph- yeah. great philosopher, Patrick Swayze. We always quote him on the show. Great. That's right. He is great. It, no, hey, I'll uh, tell you what, man. I open doors for people. I'm courteous. If somebody needs to get into my lane, I let them in. If somebody cuts me off, I don't get upset. You know, like I, I extend a lot of courtesy to people, whether they deserve it or not until I'm disrespected. And if I'm disrespected, I react in kind. I have no military training. I have no formal training in martial arts, but I will fuck you up. I don't care what training you have. <laughs> you know, if you attack me or, you know, I, I mean, I'll tell you the last fight I got into was like 10 years ago and it was in Norway and I knocked somebody out that said they were an ultimate fighter, you know, and, and uh, because it was one punch to fight, you know, we, we got to hear the backstory of that. Is that while you were on tour or what? Yeah, so I was on. What happened, man? I was, I was on, and I. By the way, I'm also the type of guy that'll feel bad about it for like five minutes <laughs> because I feel like I should have, I should have talked my way out of it, you know. But um, and it, you know, I was at a bar, and you know, there were some ladies around, and we were hanging out with them, and whatever, and you know, we were leaving the establishment, and there was this, uh, I think it was Russian actually, in in Norway, and he was a he was a massive guy compared to me. I'm only five nine. I at the time I weighed about one ninety five. And, uh, and he looked like he was about 6'2 and probably like 220, 230. And uh, he was a little inebriated, which is never a good exercise when you're getting into a fight. <laughs> and I wasn't, you know, I was pretty sober. I had a couple of drinks. And, uh, you know, he tried to grab the girl that I was talking to and, and we were waiting for a taxi and he grabbed her arm. And I kind of uh, stopped him from doing it. You know, I just put my arm sure. out on his sure. and put his arm away. I go, hey, you know, take it easy. You know, they're with us. He was like, nobody touches me in his broken, you know, English. <laughs> and uh, I'm an MMA fighter and this, that. And I was like, okay, that's great. But, you know, these ladies are with us. And, you know, and I thought I was fucked because I was with my tour manager who was like 60 years old and my <laughs> friend who's shorter and smaller than me. And I was like, oh, this is not going to end well. And he looked like he had friends with him, you know. So um, long story short, he wasn't being the nicest person. And then the girls actually humiliated me by getting in between me and the guy. And they started speaking with him. And he was just becoming more arrogant. So I said, okay, well, I, I can't allow this to happen and still be a man. So I pulled them to the side and I got up very close to him. And I said, listen, try to reason with him. I go, you're a man, I'm a man. What would you do if you were with a girl? And, and I came into that to you, you know, let's be reasonable here. He's like, I don't care. I'll kill you. I'll destroy you. So I was like, all right, well, I got two options. I could either back away and leave with my tail between my legs, or I can take a beating, you know? And, and I decided that taking a beating was, was better, you know? So I just, what a lot of people don't know is I'm, an, I'm ambidextrous and probably left-handed. 
So I hit him as hard as I could with my left into his jaw, you know, like an uppercut. And this guy left his feet and went backwards and was knocked the fuck out. And uh, and again, don't underestimate somebody. Never. Right? Like yeah, you could never. Have, you could have you, you could have years of training, but you don't know the how dangerous somebody is on the other side, right? With no training, yeah. you don't know. You know, and uh, what well, Th- those years of pl- was was those those years of playing those years of playing the drum, dude. I'm sure built them freaking forearms up, man. You got them fucking forearms, biceps, shoulders. I mean, it's it's true. Like, and dude. also, if, if you listen to system, I mean, the speed at which John plays yeah, is, is incredible. Well, that, and all, John, and that's listen, the get, get into that, dude. That speed is what gets you get us amped up. I mean, I listened to you when we were in Baghdad. I listened to you when we were in Kabul and. Kandahar, I, I, you know, all these, I always, I hate name drop, but when I was in those areas, it's because yeah. you, you put you on, or we put Ragey on, or put Slipknot on, or put, who was another one that we, I, all that remains was another one we put on, and it was just fucking go to town. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, you know, you mentioned earlier, like, how do I feel about that, right? Like, how do I yeah. feel about soldiers going into battle? and potentially killing people or getting killed while listening to our music. And I can assure you that there are certain people, I'm not going to name names, certain people would not be okay with with either system or rage being put on headphones well, and that, that's, battle. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, because I, I think a lot of, uh, I think some of those people on those bands think that we're idiots because we don't know what their lyrics are actually saying. And they don't know that who we support is probably opposite of what some of them, not naming any names, but some of them who they support, but it, and in the moment we don't, it's not who we support at all. It has nothing to do well, with hey, listen, who, who we're supporting. At, it's, at, it's, the, at the, at the end of the day, it's really easy, easy to sit on your high tower with all yeah. your wealth yeah. and your comfort and your security. When you go on tour, I don't take security when I go on tour for better or worse. If no, I, I get into a focus, I'll deal with it. You know, yeah. I tend to talk to where I've and cooler heads will prevail. And you can actually form bonds with people that you're about to fight with. If you if you have love in your heart and you want to make that happen, you know, at the end of the day, these people walk around with a certain mindset and, you know, they'll even go for an hour and go, go home to their mansion and fly in their private jet, talk about, you know, um, people using less fuel, all, you know, all the hypocrisies, all the hypocrisy. I, I don't get along very well with most people in the arts outside of the comic book world, because I just can't abide the hypocrisy yeah. and the blatant, uh, you know, people that have never worked a real honest day in their lives and have no fucking clue what it takes to, to do certain things. You know, I play drums for Christ's sake. What the fuck? What, what, you know, how do, how can I relate to somebody that's putting their life on a line on a daily basis? When I stay at the best hotels, fly first class everywhere, more often than not in a private jet, I get paid millions of dollars a year to play drums. How can I relate to somebody that's in 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 a goddamn swamp somewhere, uh, you know, trying to stay alive, or in a desert trying to stay alive, fighting against people that that are willing to die to get yeah. them out of their country? How can I how can I judge those people? And by the way, if you're a Democrat, who are the warmongers of today? It's not the Republicans so much. It's the Democrats. It's like it's fun. And when I was and when Obama was in, we were. Sl- he got a free fucking pass. We were slaying people under him. We were destabilizing nations under him and killed more drone strikes than any other president combined, killing Americans that 
of we killed Yemenis of Americans that were of Yemeni descent with no due process, and that was even out there in the media. And he got away scot free with that. And I'm I'm right to you. Hey, you know what? I, I'm I'm spot hey, on. I got I got right we to you. Do the, we do the same fucking thing every time. Yeah. We go to a country, we promise them the world, and then we abandon them. We abandon them. The, yeah. We abandoned them. We did it in Vietnam. Yeah. We did it in Afghanistan. I don't know how many more times we've done it, but we fucking sentenced millions of people to die by leaving them in the lurch and leaving, um, leaving them with no way out. That's why you had people clinging to tires of yeah. airplanes leaving, leaving the country because they would rather fall from that airplane and die than stay there and be, and be, and allow themselves to be tortured to death or whatever else the case may be. It's disgusting. We should be ashamed of ourselves. And you know what? You may or may not like Trump, but I don't remember going to war during, during, our, uh, during Trump's presidency. Or I, I think we were in less conflicts during Trump's presidency than we, than we have been in we quite went some back time. In, we went back in, in, in when Mosul was, when Iraq was going to shit again. We went back in and helped in Iraq uh, with the special operations guys. It wasn't a lot of the conventional units. But one thing he did right, though, is that we went in, we killed who needed to be killed, and we got out. That was it. And that's how it should, honestly, that's how it should be done. If there's, if we're going to go, it's like, Listen, punch, this it's point, like your fight with the Russian. You go and you punch him in the face and you fucking leave. And that's how war should be. Get in there, do it, do your job, or, get out of or there. Or a better idea with Russia is don't try to destabilize and destroy their economy yeah. so that they don't have to enter Crimea and they don't have to enter Ukraine. Yeah. You know, like let them make their own, they're really the only sources of income they have is their, their natural gas and oil. That's a, that's their number one and number two export. So if you're going to go into Ukraine and set up, uh, set up uh, systems to, to undercut them, and pipe in the oil and natural gas that exists there and completely cut um, Russia out of it, what do you think they're going to do? Yeah. No. Yeah. I. By you the know, way, I can tell this is uh, this is like a super long drive you're on because you've been with us this past hour in the car. Um, I don't, I don't yeah. know how much longer you have, but I do want to make sure we get into, we got into it a little bit last time, but uh, yeah, just what's going on with Torpedo Comics because that's your business. And as you yeah. said, System of a Down is only doing one show this year. So, I mean, I know your focus is Torpedo Comics my focus is my family number one sure. you know uh, awesome. my job my job is to be a father and to be an example to my kids and to do the best job i can so that they can grow up and have an opportunity to find um, their path and their happiness whatever that may be but you know um, i would like to make this into a success because pretty much why do something if you don't want to make it into a success you know like uh I love comics and I love the business aspect of it. And I like employing people. I like giving people opportunity to get higher in the company from within and, and expanding on that. And, and I also like to be in businesses that don't harm people. You know, I, I, I believe that people should be able to live the lives they want to live. And if you want to spend your life doing something that is bad for you, that that's your choice as long as you're not harming other people. But I can't be in a business that sells alcohol or, or drugs or anything like that, just because I think it does more harm than good. And I don't want to be in that business, you know, but selling comics and toys and statues, well, shit, you're only buying them if it makes you happy. Right. And, so, and, like, and I will uh, say, I mean, when you say you want it to be a success, it is a success. You're about to open your fifth location. I mean, that's a success. Yeah. You know, I'm not making any money, but 
<laughs> Shit, that's a, that, yeah, I, I didn't know you're, I had no idea you're doing the comics. And that's what, one thing I, I can say is what made me drive me and even made me even think about doing the military later on in life was, is that fantasy world of comics. I love graphic novels. I grew up on graphic novels. I, I love. I tell I, you what, Matt, send me your, send me your address. Cause I actually wrote a comic book. Oh, that'd I be awesome. Enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm still digging graphic novels and comics. I still, I, man, I, man, growing up on the, the swamp thing and, and, and the old Batman ones was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, great, movie. great stories. And, you know, look, if you think about Superman, and uh, what was happening when Superman was created, what was it, like 1937 yeah. or 1938, you have Hitler starting to, to um, exercise power in Germany. And you have the rumblings of what was starting to happen to the Jewish community, the gypsies, the gay community, mentally, mentally disabled people and other ethnic groups in Germany were starting to be collected and, and killed. And uh, the ghettos were starting to be formed and all these things, right? So think about what it was like for the people that created Superman living in New York, being Jewish and feeling powerless, as I felt many times, powerless to do anything to affect change in, what, in what's happening to my people in Artsakh and in Armenia. You know, every time one of our people gets shot, it's, it, it's days, it takes me days to recover from that. You know, it takes me it takes me a long period to overcome my sadness and anger and my despair at not having the ability to do something about it, not being too fucking old to go over there and pick up a gun and and fight for my people, you know, um, or not even being allowed to do that. I, I almost got if I was single and didn't have kids, I would have done it, you know, a couple of years ago, whether they wanted me or not. I would have just gone and bought a gun and t or taken one of mine with me and figured out a way to get to the front lines. And, and if I have to die, I have to die, but I'm not dying alone. You know, I would have taken out as many of them as possible. You know, I mean, um, you can die only once, make it for your, for a good cause, you know, so. But, but putting anyway. your, putting your family first and that's, that is important. Family first. I, I, that is because I, I, I've lost a lot of time with my kids by being, by yeah. not putting them first. And I, I don't think politicians or those that, don't like the military or don't, don't care for guys like myself understand that sacrifice and it stays with you don't yeah. think every day i don't like man i wish I, I watch videos of my 17 year old boy that i never saw his first 10 years and i don't have memories of that and that sticks with you it's not a regret i'm not gonna say it's a regret but it's something that will stick with you and it sticks with with guys that that's the part of the sacrifice so yeah you're right you're right so if anybody trust that me says, trust me when i say that 17 year old is going to grow up and he's going to realize what sacrifice you made for this country by not being in his life. Uh, he's going to realize it's, he's going to come to terms with it. He may not do it till he's 40, but he's going to come. He's going to realize it one day. He's going to sit there and he's going to say, my father went over there and put his life at stake so that I can drive on the streets here yeah. in comfort and peace. He's going to know that. Trust me. He's going to appreciate that. And so will his friends. And going back to the Superman thing, the why I bring that up is you had these two Jews that created Superman. Yeah. And I could I could imagine what they were going through, where they were like dreaming of just being able to do something against probably the greatest military that's ever been on the planet in the German military. With the with the Blitzkrieg. Yeah. Quite frankly, 
they could only defeat themselves by taking on too much. Why they attack Russia when they are, when they had a treaty with them, I have no understanding of. If they would have, uh, if there would be a different world, if they would have just stuck to the plan, England was going to starve to death. Yeah. In, in another year, you know, no matter what happened, they, you know, it's just pure ego, and um, and they should have won, quite frankly, but they fucked themselves up. But imagine what it would be like. Oh, by the way, that'll be clickbait. John thinks uh, the Nazis should have, you know, uh, <laughs> fucking assholes. Um, but uh, but the bottom line is this. You have two Jews sitting in New York saying, feeling powerless, saying, God, I wish there was something we could do. What if? Person came from a planet to die, and because of our son, was was had these powers and could and can do something to fight injustice. I completely understand where they were coming from. You know, they felt powerless, so they created something so powerful that it could defeat the Nazis if need be. Think about that. You know. Yeah. And and again, it it's. it's it is the heroism of these superheroes who are selfless, who go out and do things not for some advantage, not for money, not for fame, not for anything. Their moral compass is so high that they sacrifice themselves on a daily basis for the betterment and the enrichment of the common person who is defenseless. Yeah, and and it empowers people who read it. You know what I wanted to ask you as as uh, you know a comic book enthusiast that you are, because I was thinking about this and I was wondering both as a father and a comic book guy your opinion on this, and maybe Chris will have opinions too. I feel like, and I'm not as big into comics as you, John, but I feel like it's kind of weird how all the comic book movies of today, a lot of them are geared towards adults, and they're like adults only films. I remember growing up and seeing. Batman Returns with the same kid that I mentioned, Armenian Mexican kid, uh, Jeff Peranian. And it was like, it was amazing for us. And it's so weird, I would think, for both of you guys, right, to have kids who probably want to go see a new Batman film. And you have to say, no, this is like an adults only Batman film. It's kind of weird, right? It's not weird. They There are still comics that are geared towards kids. But I think, the, first of all, what, what uh, Disney... Oh. has done to yeah. uh, Disney, Amazon, and DC have completely destroyed yeah. almost everything I grew up loving. They've destroyed it. I thought the fucking Lucas uh, Phantom Menace series was bad. Yeah. But until I saw Jar Jar Binks's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jar Jar Abrams' um, destruction of the strength and integrity of Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and everything good that came out of Star Wars. You know, the redemption arc of Darth Vader. I mean, like they they Disney is is, in my opinion, has self-destructed. But the problem is they've they've got so much fucking money yeah. that they bought Marvel and have destroyed Marvel. If you look at Marvel pre and post Disney acquiring them, they're two different yeah. companies you know yeah. like it was heroic right like yeah. thor was a hero and you could you know and in a lot of ways somebody that, that you would 
idolize. And now Thor is, you know, like uh, doesn't give a shit that his entire uh, people are being victims of genocide and is like giddy about a girl. And of course, female Thor comes out and is better and stronger. Everything, you know, like there's no reality. You know, we don't go to the animal world and say a black widow spider that's a female should be on the same level as a as a male black widow because you know what happens? The fucking female eats the the male black widow after they procreate. And that's the reality of the situation. So we can't look at we can't look at like the the reality of life that male and female bring something different to the table. You know that we that we complete each other, that we don't, that females don't have to be men and men don't have to be women. Men should be men and women should be women, you know, and, uh, and women complete men. Uh, hold on. This guy's ladder is about to fall and he's driving on the freeway. Hold on one sec, guys. <laughs> this is one of those real moments on the podcast. <laughs> And if you fucking funny, know, get off the freeway and fix it. Little does this guy know that the drummer for System of Down <laughs> is the one honking at him. Well, if, if I show you, the ladder is about to fall off on the freeway. And uh, he's got like three ladders on top of his truck. And now he's driving close to the freeway wall. And if that ladder hits, you're going to have a calamity. Okay. He stopped. Thank God. You know, he stopped. <laughs> But if you know, why aren't you pulling over? He was giving me the I know sign. And I was like, get over now, you know? Um, anyway, no, but, so, but, but, you're, but you're right. There, 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 need, there is a difference. There does, it, we want equality until we don't want equality. Uh, we want to have this wokeness until, uh, until it doesn't make money anymore. And, and I agree with you. Man, I, Marvel's thought, completely I, thought this, I thought the 60s were bad because I hate hippies. You know? <laughs> yeah. But this generation makes hippies look like, oh. wow, thank God you're here. You know, I know. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Holy Christ, shit. man, have we completely lost touch with reality? Men could be women and women could be. And, and what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with, uh, with psychiatrists and psychologists? What is wrong with these people? Don't they know the irreparable damage that is happening to our younger generation? Yeah, yeah. Somebody's got to stand up and, and say, like, this is lunacy. It's out of whack with the reality. And these are people that are deeply mentally ill and need help. And changing genders is not going to make, it's not, I don't know why that that's the, when did that become the solution? I, I don't. I was going to say, John, you, you should go guys, back and listen to our. We're not amphibious frogs that can change our gender. <laughs> no, but I, I was going to say, John, you got to go back and listen to our episode with Kristen Beck, who was the first trans Navy SEAL who is now, detransitioning it's pretty wild so you'd, you'd probably dig but, it. and that's and that's that's why i say you and you have people like chief beck who is completely against against it now and, why and, would you and not i don't want to de- i don't want to um i don't i don't want to put the wrong position on beck because i yeah. think as beck said on the podcast they were beck basically said hey Guys, this, is, this isn't something i should have done but grown adults ir- should be allowed to irrespe- do but basically said children what- should not be allowed to Again, I believe you should be able to do anything that makes you happy sure. you know, in life, as long as you're not harming other people. I don't want to say to transgender people that you, if this is how you feel comfortable looking, then that's what you want. Go for it. 
But what the fuck is the attack on children? On what children. is that about? That that's and the that's, cross and the that's line. what that's yeah. what Kristen Beck yeah. really addressed. I would say. And that and that yeah. is that is that that's complete narcissism. That's that's you're really still not comfortable with yourself. So let's bring everybody else into it because you want everybody else to be comfortable you know, with what uh, you and that's that's, that's that's narcissism. By the way, here's something else that you know. I'm providing lots of clickbait, so I hope that they get a lot of advertising dollars out of this, you know, and uh, and paint me to be an asshole if you want. It doesn't make a difference to me. I don't do it for you anyway. Not you guys, but, you know, um, I do it for the kid who's in a school that thinks differently, that thinks that that has a different mindset, that um, feels alone and on an island, because at the end of the day, kids especially, they're going to go with the flow of popular opinion because they don't want to stand out. They're already, they're already uncomfortable with who they are in general. They don't want to stand out. So it's very difficult to have a different opinion. Um, but there is an attack on kids. And I remember years ago watching something on TV and it was like these parents that, um, that were, that had their kid at some event. And they're like, yeah, we're woke and we want our kid to be woke. And I thought it was a joke. You know, like I thought the event was a joke. Like I thought it was satirical in nature. Uh-huh. And, and I, and, but of course, no offense to anyone, but I felt the same way when I went to see a friend of mine who was a DJ and there were people like dancing, you know, like kind of like uh, praying at the altar of, of this idol. <laughs> and I remember he literally spent half the night talking to me and went to the bathroom and was hitting on a chick and they didn't even know he wasn't up there superior <laughs> talent man and i was like and i was like this has to be um, am i in a uh, like some kind of practical joke show <laughs> you know where where you know look we idolize the wrong people anyway yeah. we idolize athletes and artists and they should be admired, but not idolized. No. Idolized person that's trying to come up with a cure for cancer. Idolize a doctor that spends three days um, or you know, 48 hours on a, on a heart surgery to keep somebody alive. Idolize someone that sacrifices themselves running into a building that's on fire yeah. to save a kitten. You know? Yeah. And, and truly, I think, I, I don't even know if I would say idolize is the word because I think we're all flawed human beings at the end of the day. But yeah, those are the attributes that we should look up but to. If you're I gonna, agree. But if you're going to idolize somebody, those are the, you, we're idolizing people anyway, right? Well, I, I, yeah, I try. I choose not to, but I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, in society for sure. Um, Correct. I don't, I don't know how much longer you have, and and I know Chris and I do want to uh, get to a few other things, but. Um, yeah, man. I, you know what I wanted to ask unless Chris has any, any other stuff. I mean, look, I can't be mad at the clickbait stuff. I I'll be completely honest. I mean, I do. A hey, look, it's good for you guys. Look, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the truth. It's like just pronounced battle line podcast. I right. To, and I'm happy. I want but. you, I want you to understand that when I do these interviews, it does me no good ever. Yeah. It never brings me a financial opportunity it never gets me more followers. That, it does just the opposite because people don't want my opinions. Well, hey, I do think I do it. think you got you got some followers from the battle line audience because I do think people really well, and, and, the interview. And John, I, I, I check how many I, I lost. But, check how many I lost. No, and, but it does it, and John, that's I I'm I'm on this. I, I don't do interviews anymore. I don't. This is the only thing I do. 
And I feel, I'll come on my show. Come on, Fox again. When are you going to come on? When are you going to come on? Jay, hey, you're going to come on and do the news. It doesn't help me. It does nothing for me. I, I, I so I get it. So I, I, when I, if that's why doing a show and I appreciate you doing this. It's, it's so you can talk, man. It's, and who gives a fuck? What, why get, so you don't give a fuck what John says or you do care what John says. Who gives a shit? But at least you, you can know come on and say it? what's on your mind. At the end of the day, I do it again. It's not that I'm not, a, I'm not a hero by any means. But at the end of the day, there has to be different voices so that you can gain perspective as a young person and so that you can question things. And if there aren't dissenting voices to what's popular, popular doesn't mean it's right. That's right. We had slavery. We had slavery in this country and many others throughout history, right? The word slave comes from Slav because so many Slavic people were enslaved that they came up with the word for it, right? There have been slaves in Africa. There's still slaves in Africa yeah, today, I think, yeah. to a certain no, extent. There, no, there is. No, there is. There's, there's tribes that own tribes, and that's what it's, – it's, there's still genocides yeah. going on. Of course there is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so let's, let's – let's, uh, in Armenian, we say, let's sit crooked but speak straight, you know? Yeah. And – Oh, don't tell me we lost <laughs> the very i mean i was like come on come on, yeah. come on come on. We're, we're, you're coming back keep keep driving we're, you're almost yeah you i heard him say my back so uh, on my back i hear you saying my back. back no yeah, I'm not yeah back. you're back you're back you're back you're back you're good i'm gonna get, all right i'm gonna get out of this garage i finally got to my store and i'll see oh nice um, okay great okay so so what i was saying is that when you have different opinions, whether you agree with them or you don't agree with them, at least you can gain perspective. And as you gain more perspective, you'll have more understanding. And then you can formulate your own opinions. You do whatever works for your life, you know, but allow other people to have the same freedom. You know, like society can't work and thrive and live if you have everyone having the same opinion. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's you know, not. like, uh, and, and quite frankly, that's how you get to that's how you get to complete government control is when everybody thinks the same and it's like a it's like a hive mind almost right like everybody has the same opinion everybody has the same and then and then it's easy to control people because you have nobody saying standing on a soapbox and saying something the opposite we're very lucky we live in the united states where we still have some freedom of the press even though most of the press is owned by like six outlets and they're massive (laughs) major corporations Right. Like, think about that, guys. Like almost every news media outlet is owned by a corporation. And what do corporations care about? Making money. Making money. They don't don't give two shits of a transgender person, of a straight white Sith male, of a black kid. They don't give a fuck. They care about money. And more often than not, they care about their tenure. So you have corporate heads that care about making money for the 10 years they're there. And they don't give a shit what happens afterwards and they'll leave the country. They don't care. They don't care if they destroy. Why is Pelosi leaving California and moving to Florida? Are she, what? She is? I didn't well, know she's, that. She's, she's, she has a property, but she's also getting you know out of government. So that might end up be where it's because she's just time. because why, why, because she totally destroyed because she, she just totally destroyed California. Come on. We all know the answer to that. Why? Because she t- why isn't she staying in San Francisco? 
Yeah. Why is, is she, she going to though? She may have. She may have two. To be fair, she may end up having two properties. I don't know. Well, why she'll is... have two properties, but she'll be in Florida ninety-five percent of the time while her husband is doing whatever Jeez. he's doing in San Francisco. Jeez. Okay, yeah. I didn't know. That's that. the bottom fucking line. That's the bottom line. <laughs> why they should be forced to live on the in the worst part of they should have to live in the worst part of the city that they live yep. because yep. you know what. If they have to live there and drive there and eat there every day, then they'll make sure that it's safe. I agree. I didn't. I didn't know that. I had no clue. Is that is that hypocrisy? I I don't know. Is it hypocrisy? I don't know what the word for it is, but hypocrisy. I, I would hypocrisy. say hypocrisy. <laughs> I was trying to think of something worse, but I couldn't. But holy shit! And people still will vote for people like Pelosi, even though the signs and the obvious signs are right in front of their faces. Because we're going back in full circle because they want to be on a side and they want yeah. our team to win, regardless of how awful that team is. I got to have my team win. Man. I will be honest. I will agree with what John said that you just don't have good people running for government anymore yeah. on no, either side. Because sure. if you look right. at the Republican okay. who won my district, a- who lied about his entire background, That's who I voted for, I'll be I'll be open with how you guys. Biden? You want to I've, talk about lying for your yeah. background? No, I'm just uh, absolutely. I'm just saying, like, the, there's. I Come think on. there's just an abundance of terrible people running for office. Um, well, but you, you know, know what? Because I, the office. It wasn't set up to have lifelong politicians. No, we need term limits. Congressmen I agree on that again. Yeah. Forget about term limits. You're not even supposed to be there the whole year. You're supposed to be an engineer or a, or a blacksmith or a business owner. And two months a year, you go and you decide policies for the government. And then you go back to your job. They're, they keep giving themselves raises because yeah. it becomes a career. It's not supposed to be a career. That's not how it was built. Yeah. Well, even, even if not... Even if not uh, right. getting raises, it's insider trading. It's all of that stuff. But I, I want to get back to my original question before I we wrap things up. I was saying that the, um, you know, all the clickbait headlines. I was saying I can't really be angry about. I mean, Chris and I. I think Chris feels the same way. I mean, it's the way I feel. I definitely don't do a radio show or podcast to be listened to by like a small audience of people. So I love to see it. And yeah, it's the clickbait headlines that get people to click on it. But I think if people listen to the entire interview, which many people did, they got something out of it, which I think is great. Most, the people, question, most, people, most people don't, including my band members. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's, well, that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to say when the headlines came up, I mean, we were covered by Mexican media outlets. We were covered by just internationally and by every single rock site, and then stuff that wasn't even rock sites, by like Odyssey and Yahoo. So I assume that they saw that it was all over the place. So yeah, my last question, unless Chris has anything else, like what was the reaction of the other members of System of Down? Were they like pissed at you or what what happened? What was the aftermath? It wasn't great. Um, And there was nothing said to me directly because I'm tough to argue with directly on most subjects, you know, but um, let me clarify something. Okay. And I said it, I said it in the last interview, and I'll say it again. We have very talented members in System of a Down. We have side projects. Some of them are great. Some of them are shit. Um, and some of them are mediocre. And I include my own work in that, you know. And uh, and there's some that's better than others. And we've had I've had band members that have made several albums, and some are better than others, you know. But what I was trying to say is the four of us together, the magic that comes out when we put those four ingredients into the soup, irrespective of who brings in the songs, who brings in the lyrics or anything else, cannot be duplicated or replicated 
by any one of us on our own. Everything that we do on our own is it pale, it pales in comparison to what we do together. So I will reiterate this for those who like clickbait. Everything system members have done outside of system together singularly sucks in comparison to what we've done in system. If you don't agree with that, go fuck yourself. I don't give a shit. That's not my problem. <laughs> yeah. What I don't care about what you think. I care about the truth. And the truth is when you look at our five albums that we only had three recording sessions to create those five albums and you compare that to everything else each individual member has done, it's far superior and always will be. And guess what? If the four of us got together to make a new album, everything else that they've done since or after would pale in comparison to that because you have my input, Shavo's input, Sergio's input, and Darren's input coming together. It's the best of everything that we have coming together. There's no room for mediocrity there because there are too many talented people coming together to bring what they bring to the table. Not dissimilar to how great an NBA team is when you have a team working together to win, yeah. as opposed to the most talented person in the world being on a team surrounded by mediocrity. It's a great uh, analogy to system. LeBron James needed other great players to win, and he still does today. No matter how good he is, yeah. no matter how good Jordan was, Jordan was. he didn't yeah. win until yeah. he had Pippen. Pippen and Rodman, and he had Steve Kerr, and, and he, I, no, he had all of it. He had, he had everybody. And, and, and the coach as well, Jackson, you know? So that's the reality of it. Don't be offended, System of Down members. You're all very talented. I have great admiration and respect for each of you. And I respect that you want to continue to, to, to make music and to, and to go forward, irrespective of system working. But the bottom line is we're better together than we are apart. And the sooner you come to terms with that, the better we, off you'll be. Now, I don't know if that'll ever happen. I don't really have a lot of faith that a new album will come out ever with or without Surge. You know, but if it does, I promise you it's going to be incredible. I will. You guys, well, you guys kick ass. You did. And, and I, well, I completely agree with all that. And you don't have to get along to be great as a team. Our, our team in Benghazi, we didn't like each other. We, did, we, we didn't get along, period. But we put our differences aside and we respect each other. And it was probably the best team I was ever on because hey, listen, man, we were able have, to put our shit aside have, and, 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 st and get the job done and do it well because all of the guys were talented. But we didn't like each other. And I think people forget that, especially you don't like each other, but you put that shit aside and you get the job done and it's the best job. You can have your office. fist fights. You yeah. can have your fist fights at the gym or the barracks. Yeah. But when yeah. you get into the shit, you'll die for each other. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And that is the problem with system of a down is that certain members of my band forgot that they forgot what got us here. They let their egos get a hold of them. Yeah. They let their sensitivities overtake their reason you know to me that's a bitch move but it whatever is. you know I, I i come from different stock and i i don't let past grievances affect what i do in the future you know yeah. i'll work with anybody what i don't have to like you 
But if you're the best person for me to work with, then I'll work with you. Work with you. But you figure it out. You figure that's being a man. You figure it out. You're just being a you fucking man. Yeah. You suck it up you and you figure it, it out. Up. That yeah. is being a man. Yeah. Not everybody's a man these days, guys. Not everybody's well, a man. True. Well, well, yeah, no, this was great, man. We'll, we'll let you go because this has been long and, and we got into a lot of stuff here. Uh, torpedocomics.com. As I said in the last episode, locations in Las Vegas, Orange, California, Irvine, California, Canoga Park, California. And then you have a fifth location coming. We're going to have 100 locations by the time I'm done. <laughs> hey, check out, well said, check, man. Out my, uh, check out my comic book series, Essentia. It's uh, an original series that um the the crux of the story is there's like an object that comes to the earth we don't know where it's from we don't know why but through time we learn that it has properties in it that make you younger and can actually sustain life eternally can can, can i get, it, get would you mind sending me one of the brother would, yeah can I get you guys one just me? send me send yeah me i'll, I'll email I'll you I'll, I'll email you our addresses that'd be perfect i'm yeah, sorry john, john i'm sorry i cut you off though keep going brother keep I, i'm i cut you off so, i'm sorry about that like a, a society a society builds around this and it's called the city is called essentia and basically everything is moved there like all the powers that be are there the the vatican is moved there piece by piece and this becomes like the most expensive real estate in the world and there's only a few ways that you can gain residency in this city and it's literally surrounded by a sister city called bethany and this is like um real style flavelas you know like uh, destitute they don't have potable water sometimes there are food shortages and there's been like a catastrophe that's wiped out 98 percent of people on the planet and this is the remnants and it is the story of the most highly evolved and technologically advanced society we've ever had living next to a society that's basically using rotary phones and, you know, um, no real great medical and, and, you know, um, gangs rule uh, are the rule of law as opposed to, you know, um, yeah. a society based on uh, the real rules and regulations that keep everybody safe. And it's the juxtaposition of these two societies and how they live within such close pr- proximity and two things what you would do to gain residency in essentia and what you would do to maintain it who would you abandon who would you fuck over to get there you know and um you guys are going to read it stick with it my writing in the first six to eight issues is not so great but it gets better every issue and i think that the new new the newest issue i wrote is better than everything i've done in, in, in the last 17 issues and and I'm hoping that the 19 is even better. And that's what I'm, that's my goal. And that's what I'm fighting to, to make awesome. happen. That's awesome. By the Dude, way, I, gotta... I actually, I actually had a company interested in, uh, in, in um, pitching it as a movie or TV series. And I got caught up in the woke bullshit, you know, like uh, I was, oh, wow. I was uh, vocal about my opinions and, and uh, they said, look, we can't work with you. You know, so I'm telling you, I've done myself no favors having the opinions that I've had, you know, Wait. but won't stop me from doing it and be you still gotta there is a price on integrity you got to maintain your integrity and and so fuck them who gives yeah, a shit but i young? feel like i i feel like it's more important for me to be able to look my kids in the face yeah. when they're older and they know that their dad stuck to his guns and fought for what he thought was right and that he wasn't right all the time but when when uh, when he felt like he was right and unless new information was provided, he didn't fold under the pressure of monetary gains or being liked by people. I don't care if people like me. 
I'd rather be respected. Respected and have your integrity. And let me say, there isn't a price on integrity. That's what I meant to say. So, yeah. <laughs> I was going right, to say, yeah. man, if, if you, uh, I'm, I'm excited for it, man. So if, if you send us like an autographed copy by any chance, <clears throat> when you walk into my apartment, I have the uh, the first issue of Biker Mice from Mars signed by Rick Unger, who's become right. a friend of mine. And like, it'd be cool to have that next to it. And it's something that inspires me. The fact that well, I want, but I want you to, I want you to read yeah. it though. No, I'm I'm read it. no, I'll frame I want, it after I read it. I, I want, I want, I, I, I dig graphic novel. I still, to this day, still dig graphic novels and comic books, and it's still that fantasy world that. But it's not. It's it's fantasy, but it, it's relatable. And, and you know, I, yeah. I, I always thought I could. I always thought I could be Superman. Every character is based. Every character, their nuances of each character is based on someone. You know, so. Um, all, everything that's happened in my life has shaped of course where the comic book goes you know i can only base it off of my life because the, that's the that's the only life that i can remember you know? that's a, yeah that's so that's awesome and, uh, all right guys I, it's well, great yeah and i'll throw out there once again john dolmayan underscore on instagram system of a down.com and uh can i break your balls about one thing before we wrap this interview up yeah sure I, I assume you're in the parking garage right now and it's okay to take I'm off your seat. Oh, I was going to say, it's okay to take your seatbelt off if you're just talking to us. What a dick. He's a dick. Isn't he a fucking dick sometimes? What a dick. <laughs> why don't you come, why don't you come try to take off? Exactly. Yeah. You're right now. You're kind of like the guy in the car wearing the mask by yourself. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. Oh my God. Those people don't even get me started. Don't get me started. Well, hey, hey, John, John and brother, I appreciate you coming on and you're you are always welcome this is fucking you come on and you just tell us and yeah, get yeah, you, you, you guys want, let man. me know you know let me know when you guys have read the books and maybe i'll come on again and we'll talk about essential a little bit and Love to, like uh, how awesome. that relates to modern times you know like uh, there's stuff that happens in that book where we have to come to reality of like all the things that matter and all the things that don't right we have it so easy right now in american society that we can start thinking about thousands of genders and all these other things that don't really matter right we have the freedom to do that right now but we may not always be that lucky i know I, we're, we're moving we may down not that always path. be that lucky oh yep yeah guy i agree man i agree well we definitely bro. By the way, i'm not in a, i'm not in a parking garage i'm on the street if a cop comes over here they can give me a ticket for not okay okay out. You, but you know what it is? I, I I think Chris knows this. I'm a Long Island guy through and through, and like we like to break balls. It's also why on the YouTube people are like, "Oh, why did you say that?" Serge Tonkian said that he he's an idiot and all that. And and I didn't, you know, I didn't literally mean that. I was saying there was a back and forth. It's okay. Like, it's you support, okay. You support I'm Trump. Not... Trump's an idiot. And I thought oh, it was, you know, and and you and you corrected me. We're like he he never said that. And I know that you guys aren't just well, band he said members. That to me privately, but you know that's us busting each other's balls. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, it's breaking balls. And and I do think you know, people will like... read it and and see. You know, they'll they'll think what I said is completely literal. And I do By know way, at did the you end. See some of the some of the answers I said to some of the questions. Yes, the, I did. Yeah. The guy who you said, what did you say about him removing him from his mom's tit? But what did you say? <laughs> well, I was like, look, removing you from your mom's tit didn't make you a man. So why would you expect me to react a certain way? And then there was another idiot. There's always these idiots, you know, like they're, everybody's brave, you know, when they're, when they're behind the camera or when they're, when they're anonymous, you know, and a lot of them are, by the way, fake accounts. I get, yeah. I get hassled all the time by people. I have never met somebody, even people that disagree with me in person that hasn't been super nice. And when we talk about our disagreements, so we're like, hey, you know, 
thanks for telling me your opinions on things. And I'm open to everybody's opinions as long as they're brought with respect. You can spend your life disagreeing with me and I will fight hard to make sure you have the right to do that, you know, but, but be respectful about it. So when, when these trolls come on and say stupid shit, like one of them was like, Oh, you're being a whittle bitch. Yeah, and I, I was like, that. well, how could somebody that uses the word whittle say <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, my daughter doesn't say whittle. You know? <laughs> like, you're, a, you're the bitch, if anybody's a bitch. And then I don't know if he commented after that. But like, I enjoy that stuff. And, you know, I take it with a grain of salt. And I hope also that the person that writes that doesn't take it too seriously I don't really think you're a whittle bitch. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. I don't know you personally. So, you know, but for the guy with the tit comment, you know, why don't you, why don't you grow some balls and be a man, you know, like act like a man. Don't, don't look for things to insult people on, on, uh, on Instagram. It's embarrassing at this point. Let me do that. Let me embarrass myself. Amen. What's well said? Well, we'll, we'll bring you on again. You can embarrass the living shit out yourself, and Ian can bust your balls about something else and what, whatever else. We'll see how it goes from there. It can fucking go up or down. Hey, listen, bro. We could we could do a we could do another one in after you guys have read it. I'm happy. I like I enjoy talking to you guys. You know, I feel Thanks, like man. you know we Thanks, have a lot man. we have a lot in common, and and we probably have some disagreements, and I'd love to get into that too. You know, like uh, things that we don't agree on would be a nice topic of conversation to have as well and uh you know uh, i hope you guys do well and you're happy during um, the next month or so wherever you are I, you said you're in uh, in kansas right? i i'm i'm my, my job is to be a father and a husband now i don't i don't i'm good that's where i be i, I don't go nowhere yeah, unless well, I, I mean I, what i'm saying is it what I'm saying is it's a little cold over there. So, you know, it's fucking cold. Bad, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can just fuck. You could have picked you... a little warmer, you know, a little bit of a warmer place. But whatever, yeah, but, you yeah, but then I, then I got to do But if you live in those warmer places, see, that one thing the cold does, especially small town cold, it keeps out the people that say whittle. We don't get those kind of people. They don't they don't live. They don't <laughs> yeah. live here in the in the farm. Well, in, the farm yeah. in all fairness, the guy might have a list. Right. <laughs> no, that's just, true, that's true. That's if he has a list, we understand. The okay, we'll, we'll all right. Forgive, we'll forgive we'll him forgive for that. Yeah. Uh, well, God bless you, all bro. Right, guys. You take care of well, yourself, my heart, John. My heart awesome. goes out to all, all you people fighting for our freedom every day, and and again to all you cops out there. There are people that love and appreciate you and the sacrifice that you make, and we have your back, back to blue all day long, everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, you for the assholes and the, and the people with the purple hair and blue hair, you want to call me a bootlicker, do whatever you want, but you have no fucking respect and you have no understanding. And you sh- these are people that you should admire. It doesn't mean they're perfect. and doesn't mean all of them are great, but for the most part, they're doing something for other people. What are you doing for other people? What are you doing to fight for people? Uh, when you do something, then we'll talk. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And again, fuck system of a down. <laughs> Azerbaijan is attacking. Heart saw clickbait, clickbait. Uh, <laughs> Got you. <laughs> Thanks, um, man. Take care, bro. That's all for this episode of the Battle Line Podcast. But we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battle Line Podcast and on Twitter at Battle Line Pod. To sign up for future Battle Line tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself. Face all challenges head on. 
And as always, never, never quit. quit.